January 29th. The uh, legislative session opened yesterday. I was just hashtagging our Tuesday night is cooler than yours. And then you said <laughs> it was Tuesday and I was like, I'm glad we're on the same page. It's my daughter's birthday, her 21st birthday. Um, now she can drink legally. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> yeah legally. Yeah. Keyword. <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves. She's in college. <laughs> She's, I've been buying her drinks for a while. Um, Anyway, um, this is the new Utah podcast. We're going to talk a lot about Utah today. Because that's what we do. Yeah, it's a whole podcast about Utah, the awesome things about Utah, what makes Utah great. Uh, sometimes we bitch a little bit. I'll probably be doing some of that as we start talking about the legislative session. Um, but um, ultimately, that's what we're all about. Uh, I'm kind of your host and... and uh, I don't know. 140 episodes in, you're saying kind of? Well, I mean, I just, I kind of drive the show. I, I conduct things. I edit things very minimally. Um, I apologize again. If you listened last week and heard me, like, fucking blow my nose right into the <laughs> mic really loud, I apologize again for that. Um, sorry. You are sounding better. I'm feeling a lot better. So I went to the doctor on Friday. Uh I stayed home from work because I was like, I just can't do this. Like, I was leaving at like 2.33 and like just massive sinus pressure in my head and it started to smell like the, the mucus started to smell. I'm like, God damn it, is this turning into a sinus infection? So I'm like, I better go check it out. Get to check it out. The doctor, the doctor's like, yeah, you're like day 80, you're cold. He's like, uh, nothing I can do for He's like, I'm not even going to fucking check. Get over it. Here's a drug cocktail that you can make that should help alleviate all the sinus pressure and just take it regularly for the next few days and you'll be fine. Sure enough, <laughs> here we are on Tuesday and I'm fine. Just a little bit of residual like snottiness, but not really much. So No folds. No, no, no folds happening anymore. Um, also, neti pots are like a fucking godsend. I forget how awesome they work. Except I don't like using the stupid teapot ones. I like ones. the squeeze bottle one. So that's that's a weird. I have the teapot one. You need to it's upgrade. squeeze bottle all the way. Yeah. The teapot one gags you. Some the fierce. squeeze bottle is the best. The squeeze bottle is great. Uh, and, I, and look, they do gag you. It's a it's an experience. It's water going up your nose and down your throat and but out your as mouth. As long <laughs> as you get the actual, like the neti, the neti pot, like packets that mm -hmm. actually have the right amount of saline for the mix in a bottle are perfect. Have you ever made your own? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't go over so well. That like if you don't get the mix right, it's either it like super painful, Bernie, or you feel the like shitty water that you put in yeah. your nose. But if you use the neti <laughs> pot more saline, the the saline packets. It's it's like spot on. Like it feels fine. Like I do it in the shower and it's fine. Because the pH is right. Yep. I've only ever used the packets. I've never tried to make my own. I can only imagine how. Yeah, I don't advise it for <laughs> how bad that would go. Making your own neti pots is not a Pink good idea. Pink Himalayan salt. That well, hey, listen. When you're out of packets and you need to, just use water. You do it. That, no. I would rather just use water. Uh, then try to make my own because the, <laughs> the chance of me fucking that up and burning the shit out of my uh, table salt like was not a good idea. Look, uh, I can put a rag in my nose and out the other side. So the other squeeze bottle neti pot user is Jess. 
Yep. Uh, the rag threader is Jeremy. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you burn a hole through your inside of you. And then the person who hasn't said a word yet is, is Bree. I have two. What'd you say? I was talking about the damn neti pot. I leaned in like four times. Oh, I'm sorry. It's my wife. I don't listen to her, so I'm just kidding. The new Utah neti pot. (laughs) Remember, I talked about the legality of my daughter's drinking. Oh, that's true. DIY neti pots. I think that's uh, the start of the show. No, but once I started using that, I'm like, oh my god! Like, why wasn't I grabbing this earlier? Like, it just so much better than trying to blow your nose. They're the best. You have to replace them every few months, though. Yeah, you should really sterilize them. The pot or the little squeezy ones? The squeezy bottle. Both you should should replace. Yeah, because if you... well, It's like every six or nine months. If you're like a constant user, which I am. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not a constant user, but you should. If you're constantly using it, you should because of the bacteria that can build up. But you should... They give me bloody noses. Yeah, you should sterilize them. They're actually they're actually better if you do the saline solution than just blowing your nose because they don't dry you out. Or they give you bloody noses because Chris made the concoction instead of using the packet. No, it's <laughs> usually because I punch her in the face. Like, oh, that'll do it. I'm just kidding. I'd never do I that. I just have a weird nose that just like bleeds, and when I bleed, I like, bleed for hours. She has to go to the ER and get her nose cauterized. Type bloody noses. Like we have a special nose pincher tool because her bloody noses are so insane. Don't ever get stabbed. Well, you remember. Remember I had one at work, and I was, like, going to meet you guys somewhere or something. when we were doing our soap class. Oh, yeah. You were going to come pick us up. Oh, that's right. I was going to go pick you up, and then you guys ended up having to come to me. brought him and dropped him off, and you guys still And then he he drove me home because I was still... I I had to help her, like, calm the... quell the bleeding. So we're listening. I don't know. You probably can't hear it because I'm I'm good at editing, but uh, we're listening to the new Weezer Teal album. I'm a fan. I like the covers. I wish they would be more... The one downside to the Weezer covers is Weezer's not... They don't put their own spin on the songs. That's my, They're bland. That's my biggest issue with so, it, is they could have added themselves to it. Like, I mean, there's like really good covers out there like the Sweet Dreams cover that Marilyn Manson does oh, is yeah, one of my favorite amazing. covers of all time and and you get their great spin on it who's the other or what, Johnny Cash does that cover of the Nin song oh my god yeah, the, the Johnny Stereophonics, Cash is, nothing compares to Johnny, you the so just before he died he did that whole album of covers and they're uh, all they're awesome. all great and the, the cover of the Nine Inch Nails song um it's so Trent, good. Trent, Trent Reznor doesn't sing Yeah, Trent, Trent Reznor won't sing it anymore because his, because Johnny Cash did it so much better, he said. Johnny Cash did Paint It Black, too. That one was good. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. So that's my only complaint, but I do like some of the, the stuff they're doing. I I, I know I, I've talked about it, but I don't think I've talked about it on here, that it's Weird Al Yankovic that does the... That sings. That's the Toto song, the Africa song. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Look it up, kids. I promise. Or don't, because you really, because really <laughs> no one needs out. to hear that. Fun. I'm really disappointed that that goddamn song gets played as much as To be honest do. with you, I didn't really like the original all that much. I don't like the song. It's terrible. It's a bad song. The original stinks. It's grocery store music for a reason. You literally hear it only in the grocery store, except now, because some famous band redid the cover. Well, that's all the millennials. This new song is amazing. It's not a new song. It's old. And it's so not even different. It's been redone. It does exactly the same. You can tell a difference, though, when it comes on the radio. Well, yeah, because one of them sounds like it was made in 2018, and one of them sounds like it was made back in 1983. <laughs> anyway, um, so I, so let me start, Bree. How do you feel about having a daughter that's 21? Um, cool. Like, I don't know. She's She's such an adult already, and she's just so dang independent that... 
I feel like at least now I don't have to worry about her like getting caught drinking illegally. Oh, that's true. She doesn't have to worry about getting busted drinking again. So, you know. (laughs) So that's good. That's actually a weight off her shoulders, probably. (laughs) But she's she's learned lessons the hard way. And uh, she doesn't drink around minors, supposedly. I'm sure she does. She's a college kid. How could you not if you're in college? Pretty much. I know she drinks around her friend that that turns it. In well, February. Because yeah, she's not turning 21. Well, and if February. you want to get technical, she drinks in front of her, her own sister. That's true. A minor. Well, her sister drinks in air quotes around her. Like, <laughs> like did, we, did we tell you about, was it Christmas that year or Thanksgiving that you're, you're so we get. It's Sean's, Thanksgiving. Sean's like, I want a wine cooler. Okay, whatever. We don't give a shit. Right? You're home. You're 18. We don't care. So she goes and gets on Mike Hart, Mike's Hard Lemonade. And like, this is it, like. We had dinner at like three, two or three, and like nine o'clock at night, Bree's mom's come come back come back over. We're all sitting there talking, and we look over, and Sean's the same wine cooler from 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 dinner at <laughs> She's like. She's basically three. drank the neck of the drink. Yeah, the neck of the bottle is has been drank. So, like, this is why we don't care about giving the kid alcohol. Like, she's not... <laughs> Does she not like it, or...? No, she likes it just fine. She just doesn't really... She only wanted to drink because her sister was drinking. Oh. But, and and then Bree's mom... Bree's mom's like, well, if you're not going to drink that, I'm going to take that with me. And we're like, Mom, you can't take that in the car with you. Mm-hmm. It's open. She's like, oh, it's fine. We're like, no. <laughs> oh, it's fine. <laughs> you cannot take an open wine cooler in your car to your house. Like, I'm sorry. First off, you're old, and they'll just fucking pull your ass over because you're a shitty driver anyway. But it's in the cup holder. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, they will be able to tell that it's warm because it's fucking been out for like 1,200 hours, but because that's actually one of the indicators with open container. Like, they'll, they'll actually feel the temperature because if it's still cold, uh, they assume that you just opened it because obviously if it's been open for a long time. What if it's winter? It doesn't matter. Those things don't matter enough, apparently. Well, just even in the winter, it'll still warm up to the temperature of the cabin of the vehicle. Anyway. Yeah, um, sometimes it's refrigerator cold outside. Yeah, that's all right. What if it's in a Yeti? (laughs) (laughs) You got more problems if they're looking at your Yeti and and, and checking for open containers there. I think they're going to get you. (laughs) <laughs> they have new I just got an email because my boss bought me one of um, the coffee mug a few months ago and they want you to like register it and if something happens they'll replace it and so I got an email a couple of days ago that they actually have like beer containers now that keep your beer cold so like a koozie yeah like the thing <laughs> that's yeti. been around for fucking years like but not 60 years but like sophisticated like yeti yeah but expensive my, overpriced yeah but i got a beer koozie from one of our from guests. shireen yeah it works just fine yeah i don't know where it went it's Mine's probably in my purse i actually use it for sodas and stuff here so i've also got rsl koozies in my office for rsl games i like them in the summertime Keeps your beverage cold. I don't drink cold drinks. I just drink drinks fast enough that they don't get warm. And if they're getting warm, I'll just chug them, finish them. <laughs> so, Jess, I got to hear. I'm not even going to ask about Jeremy's weekend because I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> but I got to hear because Sundance, and I know that you were up there all damn weekend. You were Almost. Probably, all, I wasn't there on Sunday. Were you up there today? Did you like go up there yesterday and today? No. I had to work. I have a job. 
<laughs> I have to save my vacation time oh, for well, people other that things. are up there have jobs too. I don't know. Yes, but they wisely use their vacation time. I guess that's what they use it for. I have other things planned, so um, I went up on Friday and Saturday. What? I'm just, I'm just saying. What did you say? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Just keep moving. Just <laughs> go back and listen to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went up on Friday and Saturday. It was, what do you want to know? I mean, that's it. You just drove up to Park City and you're like, oh, this is great. Because that, that, because <laughs> what is you just, great. how you just described it is exactly how I feel about the whole experience. Like, oh, I'm going to go fucking up to Park City. Cool. Go sit at a restaurant or something. Jack off. Yeah. Like that's, There's not enough that, room to do that. That's the detail. The that's the detail I just got out of you. So, <laughs> um, no, on Friday I got up there early enough that I didn't have to sit in traffic, which was nice because if you go anytime after seven o'clock in the morning, it's a nightmare uh, to get up to Park City during Sundance um, to my secret parking lot that you don't have to pay for. And you should tell everyone on the podcast so it fucks you over next year. Went, <laughs> I uh, no. Um, went to Radio from Hell uh, with Stuart because uh, he did a little segment on, and then we went and had breakfast at Atticus, which is delicious. They have one of my most favorite coffees. There. Atticus. Yes, that's that- how I feel when I walk in the door because there's so many people. Um, yeah, and then you like we just started our day, and I spent most of my time alone. Like we get separated a lot because they move so fast. But um, first, first thing that I want to know is people that complain about Sundance being here. Um, I there's so much tourism dollars that are in that town. Oh, it's fucking insane! How much the that nobody makes. needs to be mad about it at all, <laughs> and it's for two weeks. Like that's it. So. Um, if you complain about Sundance being here, you're fucking dumb. Well, the Hollywood people, and I posted to, it's very rare that I'll respond to people's comments or news story, anything, just because it's not worth like wasted breath. But I was like, if you have issues with these people, then you shouldn't be watching TV. You shouldn't be going to the movies. You should be watching Netflix or Hulu because they're all the people that are on your TVs. Plus, they're people that are creating, trying to get their films bought trying to network there was i was really amazing the like non-famous people that i met that were here from michigan and you know arizona and just like all over that were just trying to network because let's not forget this isn't this isn't just this isn't big stars coming to salt lake this is a film festival for fun yeah that's and and what has spawned around it too so like slam dance is probably the big one because it's it's stuck it's the others have come and gone but Mm -hmm. there's other film festivals that happen right at the same time with different focuses yeah and it and you know yes a lot of it is really hard to get to that's why you become a member so you can you know, go to the panels and go listen to the writers and the topics. And how you know, was that membership this year? <laughs> I don't think I'll reap the benefits of the, Well, I did get 20% off of my purchase for, uh, for merchandise, my socks and my apron. So that was rad. Um, but I don't think I'll reap the benefits until next year because I bought it after tickets go on sale. So hopefully I'll still have my membership when tickets go on sale and next year. And then you'll year. be able to pick up tickets. And, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yes, it is hard to get tickets, but 
You know, it's, it's, not it's impossible, fun. Though. No, it's not impossible at all. And it's fun to just go up there and you might catch a glimpse of somebody and, you know, you know, you're not going to get a one on one moment. Like the psychology of it for me is the fun, like watching, like it is madness. And it like, if you look at Stuart's pictures, it looks like he's having an intimate moment with every single one of those people. No, it's not. There are like 50 people around trying to get the same exact selfie, plus their handlers. Like, it's just chaos. <laughs> so is there like, because I, I, I haven't been up to Park City in a while in the area where all this kind of goes down on Main Street there. is Are there like, are there good like, like benches on the second story of buildings that you could sit at and just fucking people watch all day. Cause that would be fun for me. Um, if you are, if you have like access, cause basically what they've done to all of those buildings is turn them into lounges for either sponsors for the media. Um, and so unless you have some kind of in, then no, <laughs> I mean, there are benches around, downtown park city that you can sit on but yeah but i can't i gotta see down so i can see all the idiots <laughs> it does definitely get busier um through the day um there was a lot of really disrespectful people trying to get pictures um somebody even yelled at john ham like it, i met, i only heard it from afar um because i was kind of standing up the road okay, but is it bad i don't these, know who that is um he's in mad men he's like the main guy in mad men never watched um Mad-Man. Kimmy Schmidt. He's the guy that kidnaps them at the very beginning of Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. I, I, that, he's in like, like, he's in like two episodes in the he, whole show. Yeah. Anyways, he's famous. No, he's whatever. in all the flashback episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I understand wanting to get your selfie and that a lot of these people are employed like Stuart by Salt Lake Magazine or other news organizations. But these people are here to work. Like, you still have to respect their space. You know, there was a lot of, like, Adam Driver, like, had his hand up. Like, I have a picture of him, like, holding his hand up because people just, like, he's ginormous, for one. That's a big dude. <laughs> he's huge. You I know, but people would, like, way, just, like, jump in front of him and, like, try to get a selfie, you know? I will like, say, I know who he is because of Star Wars. Because he's Kylo Ren. If, yeah. if there was no Star Wars, no one would know who he is first off because he's not been <laughs> in anything except for what no, Star Wars is. No, he was no, in Patterson and he's yeah. been on SNL and he's been... Since Star Wars. Right. And, well, he was also he was also a British actor prior, right? Like he's, No, he actually was in the military. Oh, I thought he was yep. he was an actor and nope, he prior. was in the military. But that was the same with all of them. Like they tried to get no name actors for the new Star Wars. So, yeah. So. so I'm gonna name some other names and you tell me if you know who they are, okay? Naomi Watts. What? Okay, so first off, this is like the reverse of what Radio from Hell does where Gina can answer like name that tune in like two notes. This is gonna be awesome. This is gonna be yep. difficult. So I know <laughs> Naomi Watts the name, but I have no clue who that is. Okay. Uh Julianne Moore. No, don't know it. Annette she's a, Benning. She's a redhead with all the freckles. Yeah, there's a what? What now? Was who's the next one? Annette Benning. Nope. Tim Roth. Nope. Um, Octavia Spencer. Nope. Um, Breezy shaking her head. Felicia at me. Rashad. Name sounds familiar. Mrs. Cosby. She's beautiful, by the way. Okay, she is, she, she's not a rapist. She had she's an, not a rapey, though. She right? had <laughs> no. She had an entourage around her, like tons of people. I bet because fucking she, Bill Cosby. Like, I actually, that's why they thought, yeah. I, I um, it. And most people probably don't even know who the fuck she is. Michelle Williams. Um, is that one of Serena's sisters that I don't know no. about? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's definitely way white. <laughs> I know Serena Williams. And, 
Um, who else? Tony Revolori was my favorite experience. He was the butler in Grand Budapest Hotel. And he's in Spider-Man. I believe he's a cyclone. I don't know. In the new Spider-Man. Anyways, I don't know. Um, so, so far you've named Adam Driver. <laughs> I really don't fucking know. So, the no, other one no, I this actually, this, this actually is a really perfect point for me because people, people will, um, people will take pictures and they'll be like, "Oh, who is that?" <laughs> or they'll like run down the street and be like, "Everybody's like, who are we looking? Like, who are we? Like, what is the point of?" Of oh, um, my Reggie Watts, do you know Comedy Bang Bang? Have you ever watched that? He's I, I, would, I know JJ Watts. He's a football player. No, Peter Skarsgård. No, uh, that Skarsgård sounds familiar because that's like a that's <laughs> not a common name. That actually sounds familiar. Yeah. Anyways, so like it was cool. I had a couple of cool moments, but it's just. That just described why I have no interest in like actually <laughs> attending these things. And like, I, went I know to some of these people are relatively big stars. Well, some Huge, of the massive. people you might recognize by face, but not name. Yeah, yeah you definitely you would recognize all of them for sure. So, well, um, no, I didn't recognize most of the people I that you're in pictures. I guarantee I'll never recognize a name. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Jack I'm... Jack Nicholson, I'd I recognize him. But I'm glad that you said that because that is a true test of some of these people. And they'll, you know, oh, I just got a picture with somebody, but I don't know. I don't but maybe know that's what makes like the, the Billy Boyd. Is that his name? Billy Boyd? Yeah. The Hobbit guy? Yeah. Like... I still to this day, like it's a fun story to tell because I still don't give a shit about this guy. Like I had a conversation with him about my shirt. That's it. See, like, and that, and I'm not like the paparazzi people, and I'm calling them paparazzi. I don't know what like dictates that term if it's no, selling your pictures or how the pictures are taken. But the paparazzi, but are I'm, assholes. you know, all the majority of my pictures I took from afar. You know, I, and I then if I photo bomb one, that was funny. That <laughs> um, I even told her I photo bombed that, so it was funny that she forgot that I had. But um, you know, I'm more of a like I will wait till they're not by a bajillion people because they'll. I took a picture on the side of the building that hosts the Hollywood Reporter, and the people are just set up with like suitcases of photos, and they will just be like sign this, sign this, sign this, sign this. Like, and what, even one of the actors was like, Oh, you have all of them. Like that was his reaction. <laughs> but the problem is, is they go and sell them. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, and if I was actors, I'd be like, I'm not signing that for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, it's one thing, like there was one guy that had very specific art that he puts on his walls. I went up and asked him, I was like, what do you do with your stuff? And he's like, Oh, I have a whole room of, of all of these. And he told me all of his like favorites. And I was like, see, I'm okay with that. It's the and sign this one and sign this well, one and like, sign this one and that's sign like this when, one. That's like when people go buy um, artwork at like Comic Con and then they go have the fucking creator of the comic who actually right, has the which you talked about, yeah. It. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, that's just that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so it was interesting. We went to my cousin and I went to our first film on. Saturday night. How was it? Um, <laughs> it was very interesting. <laughs> I haven't seen anything else by this director. Morose would be a very good word to describe it. <laughs> but I like movies that make you feel uncomfortable. So I liked it. That it left with a lot of questions. But um, the next one is on Wednesday night, and I have another one on Saturday. So. I'm gonna write. I'm writing down who's that celebrity. We should play this game. You know what we should do? We should play this game more often, where you just name celebrities, and I tell you if I know who they are. Because I really, 
If you, we really should because, you know, I, I did just, Zach Galifianakis pass me too and Jenny Slate. See, I know Zach Galifianakis, but that's because I've watched like a million of his different shows. But like I was asking Jeremy while right. you were playing this if he knew anybody. He only knew Julianne Moore too. Jeremy doesn't watch TV though. I actually watch TV. <laughs> right. But still, I mean, none of us knew any of those people except for Julianne. Did you know Adam Driver, Jeremy? Once you explained who it was. Yeah, but you didn't know to begin with. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't think that. But like if you if you were to like point out politicians to me or or ask me who like the vice president is or who the I did meet up with Crit Rathan and Jen. Does that that count? That counts, right? You know them. Yeah, Yeah, we recognize them. I don't qualify them as celebrities. I know how fucking cool they are. Hey, I got into a rad party because of them. (laughs) Of course you did, because they know people. They know people because they've been in the industry for years. And Crit told me had he known that I had tickets to the Wednesday night movie that he would have been able to have somebody buy them for like two grand. (laughs) I was like, hmm, tempting. Well, I was going to ask you, like, how big is that? Like, how big is the secondary market for Sundance tickets? Is it big? I would assume so. That's, that's I, Like, weird. people are fighting for uh, tickets to the Extremely Wicked movie, which is the one about Ted Bundy that Zac Efron is in. Cause the, that's getting so, a lot of notoriety. It is. And so what Sundance does... It, I think I think I explained it next last week is that there are like five different cells, but then they have an e wait list and it says like how many tickets they're gonna release and how many and then if it fills up, it fills up and if not then Extremely but every weak. single one has filled up. It's really, really long. I don't remember the entire title. <laughs> well, I'm gonna leave it at that. Ted Bundy's fucked up. Actually, that brings me to a point of uh so later in the show we're gonna try something new. Um she didn't write a name down, so what were we going to call it? I think everyone voted for your name, Jess. I don't know if everybody did, but Infamous Utah Criminals. Yeah. So anyway, we're, we, maybe we'll change the title. Maybe we won't. I'm lazy, so we probably won't. But, <laughs> um, we're going to spend some time talking about um, not Ted Bundy, although... No, he'll be in a future episode, um, for we'll, sure. We'll do him at some point. But people from Utah or or criminals that, that live in Utah or committed crimes in Utah, just infamous people that, that were a part of Utah's history that either did... Probably really fucked up shit, honestly. If we're we're talking about them, but we're gonna so we're gonna talk about one today uh, later on in the show. So stay tu- stay tuned for that. Um, <clears throat> don't don't quit just because you hate me. Thirty minutes in, um, stick around <laughs> longer. Is all I'm saying. You're not blowing your nose in the mic, so we're good. Yeah, not none of that today. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, I didn't ever think about that. Maybe I'll start scalping Sundance tickets. That would be. I don't know. Like I've never looked. I guess I could look on KSL. I haven't looked because I'm usually like, okay, like I got the ones that I got, and yeah. well, and I'd be interested because it's it's funny. Like, okay, so I do listen to Radio from Hell, and this is the the. the the interviews that they do because they're mm-hmm. up there all weekend and they do a lot of interviews with a lot of people and not a lot of famous people. It's it's mostly no, it's directors and writers, directors and awesome. makers and stuff that are here for the festival. Submitted films like they talk to three dudes that quit their jobs to make this movie and come to Sundance and like like that's a they're 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 just taking that leap and a lot of times they talk to people in years past before anyone has seen the film. And they have these interviews and they have these great discussions. And then these films that they talk to them about fucking explode, get picked up by major production companies, win all kinds of awards through not just Sundance, but then later award seasons as they make it to the mass markets. Um, and, and they end up talking to a lot of them, but they talk to them about like 
good shit. And they're in, the one thing I like about the way they interview is there's only so many things you can ask certain people about movies and stuff. Well, and, especially in a limited time. Yeah, but they're they're really good about getting away from just the filmmaking process and talking about the people and who they are and speaking of independent movies what happened with that movie that we did the interview on the the day i die the one that um, i believe they're still working on it oh the last i heard the armadillo is still being oh i'm sure that movie's, it's actually amazing though it's amazing to but be fair that movie's gonna be in production for a while yeah it's <laughs> yeah it's still in production that's so. the thing with super independent films with super creative people that are surrounded by other super creative people None of them have an off switch of like, okay, stop, stop, it's and done. let's like actually do it. They, it will always be an open. Well, project. and that's something else that Sundance is amazing for movies like that. Uh, for funding, I know that the day is, has had funding issues, so you know, a creator will come up to Sundance and try to find funding, also, so find buyers. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool. You, you get over there, Brie. You look like you were going to throw up into your hand, so I just want to make sure. <laughs> so don't, so, tr like, just try it. Like, it's fun just once. So let's talk. And it was cold. It was so cold. My oh. face was, like, windburned. Not Chicago cold. No. That fucking polar vortex is insane. I, so I let, me, I, let me tell you, I've been to Chicago many, many times uh, in the dead of winter, almost always. I never make it there in the summer. It's always in, like, fucking January or February. <laughs> and it's I always end up having to work and stay Right downtown, which is awesome. Chicago is a great fucking city. Um, but right on Michigan Avenue, holy shit. At like 7 in the morning in the winter, Crazy it is wind. some of the coldest fucking air because it's super wet because of the lake and super fucking windy and cold as shit. And none of that compares to what they're facing. Like minus 50, minus 60 degree wind chills. Like that's I believe I saw crazy. a news headline that said it's colder than Antarctica. Yeah, yeah. Parts of parts of the, the U.S. are colder than Antarctica. Now, of course, we've got our stupid fucking president that's like, oh, where's the global warming at now? Yeah, this is global warming, you dipshit. This it was, is fucking it, it was waning, happens. by the way. Global waning. Yeah, he's fucking an idiot. He's such a fucking idiot. And the problem is, there's a bunch of fucking idiots in this country that go, yeah, where's global warming? It's all these fucking snowstorms. Yeah, they're not supposed to happen like that. That's the whole point. It should stay up in the Arctic, not come halfway down the fucking continental U.S. <sighs> Back to Chicago. I'm reading Becoming right now by Michelle Obama, and she's from Chicago, and so I'm kind of obsessed, and so I think we need to travel there. I'd be happy to. I love Chicago, and I've been to Chicago many times, and I had an old roommate that lived there that showed me around like cool parts of Chicago that weren't just downtown. Um, ate at Chili Max. I wonder how many people have gone by her childhood home because she actually put the address in the book. Oh, that's a good question. I would pissed. love to drive by there and see what it is now. It it, it may not be anything. Um, she she mentioned as she was kind of living there that it it had become um, n not one of the greater parts of Chicago. So I don't know. Maybe it's it's changed significantly, but. It's now I'm kind of just obsessed with how she's just described Chicago and the way that it, that it looks and works and, and the school there and, and all that kind of stuff. I will say one of the coolest things about Chicago, at least for me, is because Chicago went through that fire, the, the Chicago fire that burned like like half the damn city, basically. That's good that it didn't go through the Atlanta, um, Atlanta fire in Chicago. 
But they they one of the things that's really interesting is because when that fire happened, they the structures that survived stayed. And then they built skyscrapers along all of them. And so there's in downtown Chicago in particular, there's areas where like there's just like fucking single family home or this little tiny church that's like nothing. And right next, like it's just wedged between two fucking 80 story buildings with a plaque indicating that it survived the fire and what goes on there now and what it was before. Like, like the cabin in downtown Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. It's just really, uh, it's really cool stuff to see that because they, they went through some crazy shit there in Chicago. Also my favorite part of Chicago. And then I'll stop talking about Chicago because this is not Chicago podcast. Chicago podcast. My favorite part of Chicago is, is probably so over across the river. Um, uh, there's the Tribune building, the, the, the Chicago Tribune, the big newspaper. Um, all of fucking most of like the Dark Knight shit that was like in the weird tunnels with the Batmobile. That's all filmed right there uh, in that part of Chicago. And there's there's two levels of road. So there's the upper street and the lower street. And in the, the Tribune building right across the street in the lower level is this this place called the dead goat saloon and it's just this shit dive bar that makes crappy hamburgers and has booze that all the reporters go to when they get off shift and so they all go over there and you can fucking go in there and have a shitty hamburger and a drink and listen to reporters talk about their day and the walls are covered with shit that these reporters have like taken pictures of and like signed autograph pictures of all these fucking people and and interactions that these reporters have had and you get to hear about the crazy shit that they've seen like that was a really cool experience to be able to go into a place like that back to why we started talking about it apparently the u.s postal service is suspending mail delivery operations in minnesota western wisconsin iowa and western illinois for wednesday january 30th because of extreme cold Retail operations at local offices may be available, but limited. My guess is they're going to have issues with with package delivery because of vehicles. Like when it's that cold, your fuel can freeze. Well, that whole upper area, like plug in their cars all the time. Yeah, you you got to have. Oh, my mom grew up in Minnesota, so. Yeah, it's Minnesota. Eh. It's like part of Canada. That's Canada. No, nah, it's Minnesota too. Yeah, they're basically Canadians basically. over there. <laughs> um, but let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about some events in Utah. So obviously Sundance is is still yes, it ends there for another week, right? Uh, yeah, I think it ends next Monday. They usually do like the um, the winner of the festival. So are you going, show. Are you going up next weekend? No, as well? no, I have other things going on. Are and there? the movie, the movie that we're going to. So I think I talked about it a little bit before, but they have films kind of all over the valley. So they do them in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Up in they Ogden. do one at nope. They don't do Ogden anymore. Um, they do Sundance, the actual Sundance Resort, and then up in Park City. So I really I try to get all of our films down in the. Salt Lake Valley. Um, so last Saturday was in Salt Lake at the library, which, by the way, did you know there's a ginormous theater in the bottom of the library? Yes. I did not. That's <laughs> it's awesome. And the seats aren't very comfortable. But um, then we have one back up in Park City on Wednesday. And then the other one is at the Grand Theater, which is at Salt Lake Community College, which is usually where I like to see them. What was your question? Uh, well, are there are there stars up there that last weekend? I would assume no. Not all the all press is usually done the first weekend because most of the films are already bought by then. I'm really hoping tomorrow night because it's a special event that the cast is still there because they were there on Monday night. But 
It would yeah. be awesome. It, it is cool. So be I in the same room as The Rock. It, it is cool. <laughs> It is cool to to go up and see the films when they have some of the cast and they have directors yes. and stuff that do questions afterwards. Would you have been to some? Yeah. Because you, you, you hear a lot about the stuff that didn't make the movie uh, and about the experience mm -hmm. in general in creating the movie, which is really cool. It is cool. So you want to know events. Uh, last week we talked about Silicon Slopes Tech Summit that is happening the 30th through the 1st. I'm not sure if there are tickets still available for that. I'm pretty sure there are. Probably. Uh, reminder, some of the people that will be keynote speakers, the CEO of Pinterest, Ancestry.com, the Adobe founder, Marco Polo CEO, uh, the president of UVU. TikTok. Um, the CEO of Traeger. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so there's going to be over 100 speakers. If that is your thing, that $150 for all access is totally well going to be worth it. it. Yeah. It's well worth it. It's a good event. Yes. On the second is the Hope for Suicide Prevention Walk at Riverton High School. The Hope Squad is putting that on, and that goes from 9 to 10 a.m. Um, on the first up at up in Ogden at the Union Station is the Yeti Bash. Remember, there's going to be over 100 beard competitors. You get to punch Yetis in the face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, also in Ogden on the 2nd is a, an event called For the Love of Beer. And it is Roosters is moving to a new location. So now they have their own um, like brewery. It's called Roosters B Street. And so even though the event is in its third year, it's going to be a new location in their tap room. And it's 15 bucks. And they're featuring like Keto, Mount West Cider, Red Rock, Fisher, uh, Roja, Rooster, and Talisman. So they better fucking feature Talisman. They're primary they do. competition <laughs> up there. Assholes. They do. We're going to feature all these businesses down in Salt Lake. Fuck you, Talisman. <laughs> they do for sure. Uh, next week is a... So, oh, whoops, I just ripped my page. Um, on the 4th, which is relevant to who we're going to be speaking about today, uh, is it okay if I give it away? Um, down in Helper, Utah. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Is the, um, it's going to be in the show notes anyway. <laughs> the, the first annual Butch Cassidy Film Festival. And the synopsis behind it says, not just a film fest of Westerns, but using the American, the American West as a backdrop. So there's tons. Of, they already have the schedule up. There are tons of films that are being shown. They're so probably all shot in Utah. Uh, I hope so. There's documentaries, short, uh, short student films, and then features. So if you feel like going to a film fest in Helper, you could go to that. Uh, if you feel like going to Helper. On the ninth, or sorry, on the eighth, have you guys heard of the? Encircle Home in Provo. I have heard of that. So the Encircle Home is a resource center for the LGBTQ plus community. They offer a safe gathering place. There's family counseling. They also work with local schools to help pro provide a safe space for sexual and gender minority youth. And they are opening one in, in Salt Lake. And it's called the John Williams Encircle Home. And John Williams was the first person to donate to the center, which is why that's called it. Excellent. Yeah. And so that's on uh, 331 South, 6 East. And it's from 4 to 6 on the 8th. Um, 
our friends that were here a couple weeks ago. Their needle felting class is coming <laughs> you know, up. We on talked the 9th. about this uh, episode one thirty eight actually. Uh, the needle where they stick it in and then they pull it out and it rips all so of your skin out. <laughs> um, so don't stick yourself don't. with it. They don't allow people like me to have them, um, but the felt they pull it through felt and it makes <sighs> so cool designs. Cleveroctopus.org. You have to register. It's twenty dollars on the ninth. Uh, if you don't want to play with scary needles, you can go to their um, wine and crafting. Yes, uh, wine and crafting event on the eleventh, and they're going to be making wine stoppers. I don't understand wine stoppers. Okay, so we have a bunch of them. I don't understand. We never like if the stopper goes in the bottle of wine and it gets put on. We don't finish it like three days later. If it doesn't get all drank that day. <laughs> Is that, am I wrong? She, I use it, though, while I'm drinking it. I don't just let it sit there. She don't let it aerate? You should, you should just open it up, let, let it the aerate. bugs fly in. It's fine. Bugs fly in. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know it's so that you don't drink a whole bottle in one sitting, but, I mean, If I was the kind of person who had a glass of wine every night, that would... That would be worthwhile. Right. Uh, and also a reminder that Olio has a lot of classes coming up, um, so go to website which we'll link to again because the classes do sell out quite quickly really really fast I think that's everything I felt like I had something else but I definitely didn't write it down of no, course you, didn't. you fucking went through stuff you didn't write down too I was confused for a minute I did not yeah, you did. from last week I know but it's not on here I was like <laughs> what is she talking it's on about? last week's notes didn't you keep those but why would I keep last week's notes after exactly. I get done editing and putting <laughs> up show notes I throw them away and also um, the I gotta give you credit that like first off I was sick all week so the blog post like I totally forgot about it I started it and I was doing it and then I was like miserably sick all week and then I realized fuck I didn't finish the blog post ever so I gotta give you credit where credit's due. That that is actually something you have to pay attention to a little bit closer. Um, yeah. But uh, maybe I'll do another one soon. Um, man, I cannot. Like I was, I was telling Brian, like, oh fuck, I forgot about the blog post. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, all right. Let's talk about some news. So we'll get into the legislative review here in, in just a few. We'll probably be doing that. Uh, more or less weekly for the next few weeks because the legislature did go into session yesterday. Uh, but first, we're going to start with uh, some other news. So, <laughs> this kid is such a dick. What? He's such, <laughs> such a dumbass. Like, I don't know how else to describe him. Like, okay. who does this? So, I'm going to blast his name out here because it's all over the news. Nathan Harrison, who's a 20 year old douchebag. Um, so, basically, Brighton's parking sucks. If you've ever been to Brighton, if you don't get there early in the morning, like sub eight o'clock, parking up in Brighton. So anything in the mountains in the winter, basically. Yeah, I mean, any of the resorts are, are like that. Some are better than others. Like Snowbird's got decent parking, but even Snowbird, like a lot of times you end up parking like three lots down the mountain and have to take a shuttle up. But Brighton's even worse. Like Brighton's one of the worst. So just take the damn shuttle up, people. But anyway, yeah, take the park your fucking car at the 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 ride and ski lot and take the bus up. It goes straight up. It drops you off. You fucking ski and drink your ass off when you're done skiing and then get back on the bus and come back down and drive your car. <laughs> well, maybe well, you're sore, maybe you shouldn't be that drunk. But my point is that also saves the environment uh, and you're not going to find a place to park. So anyway, 
ends up like people end up parking on the side of the road where they can and having to hike up. Um, it's a it's a normal thing at Brighton. Well, this fucking well, kid, and especially with all the snow around too. Like when there's really lots of snow, there's not even roadside parking. So usually, what they do at the ski resorts is they hire off-duty cops to do security. Um, they usually contract through the the police department, and the police department finds guys that are you know wanting to pick up some extra shifts or something, and then they work it. And, and um, but anyway. What happens is this kid pulls up around 10. The parking lot's completely full. Um, the attendants are turning vehicles around. That's just how it works. You go, the lot's full. They say you got to go park somewhere else. Uh, and this kid. You grumble, and then you turn around, right? Uh, God damn it. Why did I call? Why didn't I put a sun down earlier? Yeah. So anyway, but he gets up there and he just keeps honking his horn. And as he gets up to the turnaround point, he refuses to turn around. Like he keeps like pushing forward and just honks his horn. And then he's like, I've got a season pass. I can fucking park here. Season pass to ski, by the way, does not give you fucking rights to park or be a total dickwad. Uh, (laughs) And so like he ends up like fucking like dragging the officer into his car, like trying to grab his gun, didn't he? Yeah, the officer pulled him out of the car, and they started grappling on the ground, and then he tried to grab his gun. He stuck, the guy, the guy stuck the officer's head into, like, a snowbank. Oh, yeah, like, like the, like, the old, like, whitewash, shove your ass into a snow. Like, I don't know, like, clearly it was not just skiing or snowboarding that was up this kid's ass. Like, something else <laughs> was going on. Because people don't just, like, he's not just like, oh, I'm going to snowboard or bust. Like, something else had to be going on in his life for him to what? do. Like, he's so angry. Yeah, like I don't, I don't understand. He's so angry first thing in the morning. Nothing. Well, up. and when the backup police arrived, he was still fighting. Oh yeah, no, he put off a huge fight, and like that. The, and then now the dude. Not only do you not get to snowboard, you dumbass, but now you got to fucking go to jail. Your car's stuck up there, probably getting fucking taken to an impound. Oh, lot got That you're gonna have to pay to get out of the impound. How lot bad do you department. need to ski? I gotta ski so bad. <laughs> I'm jonesing for some fucking skiing. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, this did happen after like two and a half feet of. Yeah, you know the street value of the snow. <laughs> like two, two and a half feet of snow, fresh powder. That's hard to deny. Like it's got to drop. Then he should have gotten up he there sooner. Been a dick about it. <laughs> the canyons were closed. God damn it! If or they were go somewhere else, or, I know, or I know. take. The shuttle. I just, I can't like it's so hard for me to actually. I just don't comprehend. understand why you just don't take like if you're not up there early in the morning. If you're that avid a skier, you know how the parking situation works. You know there's a point of no return. There's a well, point where you can drive up there and probably find a space, and then there's a point where you can't. And what are you gonna do? You put up a fight like that, like everybody's just gonna step back and be like, "Okay, go ahead and ski." Go ski. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry, sir. I I didn't mean to inconvenience you. Fucking. You have a pass, king, king of Brighton, motherfucker. <laughs> I didn't see the magical pass that grants you rights to be. Fight. Just go double park whoever you want. It doesn't matter. In fact, if you want those ones that are close to the edge, just push into them until their fucking <laughs> car goes down the ravine, and you can take their spot. Hashtag King of Brighton. it's so hard for me to fathom how someone is actually like at that level like what happened to him that he got to that point well i i think maybe there might have been some drugs or something involved that's the only thing i can think but there's no mention of it like there's no mention and usually when there's drugs involved or the person's intoxicated in some manner like usually they mention that he was intoxicated or he was clearly on what what are you doing? Don't take a picture of me. It was just a snap. 
Um, Maybe he had the road, the, the roid rage. Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe yeah, he'd been know. pumping iron all morning. He, he's been injecting testosterone so he can fucking shred. Maybe. Down the mountain. I don't know. He's so, got to shred. In some more snow-related news that's a little <laughs> bit sadder, uh, we did have uh, this last week two Utah snowmobilers killed. One in, in Utah Avalanche. one in Idaho. Yeah, one up in Idaho, uh, one down. Where the one in Utah was down in... Uh, I don't know. I I read this yesterday. I don't remember. I've been studying all day. Doesn't matter. It sucks. Um, it happens. That's avalanches. That's it's scary. You don't realize how deep that snow is too when you're snowmobiling on top of it. Oh yeah. I mean, and until you roll down the mountain. Well, you don't know. And, and the reality is, like, like when you're snowmobiling, you don't snowmobile on a foot of snow because you're gonna fucking slam into rocks and trees and all kinds of shit. Usually, when you're snowmobiling up in the mountains, you're you're on three, four, five feet of snow. Well, you see these shrubs. You don't realize the the top of a ten foot tree. They're not shrubs. No. Well, it's not that that tall, but 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 you don't see the shrubs. There's not sagebrush because it's all covered in snow. And the problem is, the way this last snowstorm hit, we had had several days of, of sunny skies. Of Not necessarily even a lot of warm, but the sunny skies put that sheen of, like, thin ice. Well, the, yeah, the, it warms up a yeah. little bit and melts the, the very the, top part of the snow, and then it snows on top of it, and now you've got an ice sandwich of snow that's that's not super steady ice that's slippery and then more snow and all it takes is just the right thing and all that snow on top because the ice breaks yeah they estimated the slide to be 65 feet deep in some places yeah and think of how big like like it's okay 65 feet like most six story six and a half story building yeah most people i believe one of these people is the brother of a local tattoo artist if i remember seeing that that correctly yeah and and sixty five feet, like it's even hard to imagine. Like your house is like twenty five. If you've got like a regular home, like That's a two story house. If you have a normal two story house, you're talking about twenty five feet at its highest point. So imagine three of those stacked on top of each other. So that's, three of your house stacked on. That's how much snow you got buried in. Like that's that's insane. Well, it's sad. It happens almost every year. It does. It's, it does. It's just be careful. And, and the I mean, avalanche control, they, they try and go up there and oh either yeah. control it or mark it or whatever, but you can't be everywhere. You've got to... Well, and there's like snowmobilers are snowmobiling and even more backcountry shit than skiers are because skiers can't get there as easily. So just be aware. Um, check out avalanche dangers. And, 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 and get beacons for hell's sakes because if you... I mean, at least you can be recovered or... I don't know, maybe saved if, if you're close enough to the surface or something. But if an avalanche happens and you don't have a beacon or anything, you're not getting it. found till spring. If then. Yeah. So, you know, at least take a beacon with you so that there's maybe some hope that your family can at least recover it your body. It like, seems like almost every spring here in Utah, they find a body or two. Oh, yeah. Typically speaking, usually justice kills. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> So, uh, in in better news, um, <laughs> someone has served our community for 30 years driving a UTA bus. I don't know how the fuck he's still alive. He likes it. Yeah, he loves his job. I don't, I don't get that. Like, I've been, and he drives downtown. Like, I've been on those fucking buses in the free fare zone shit that he drives in. That is the wild, wild way. Well, driving downtown in a car is hard enough. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing it in a bus. Full of fucking crazies. Like, I'd drive the front runner if I, if, or because that's just on a well, track. Even, yeah. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> and, and the, I don't the, think it's called the conductors. The conductors of the trains don't have to deal with the patrons. That's what I say. That until I, their car or their bodies fly in front of it. Yeah. Well, but that's, but that's pretty different. Rare. Then, then you have to deal with the horror of watching some dead person because that's basically what happens if that train hits you. Um, but yeah, thirty years, man. This guy, what's his name? Uh, Steve Fred Schaefer. Rogers. Steve Schaefer. Oh, Did you say Fred Rogers? It says it's, oh, it's like he's Fred, like Rogers, Fred Rogers or Jimmy. Or Jimmy so I was like, is his name really Fred Rogers? That's so cool. Yeah, he does look. Uh, honestly, he looks like a Mr. Rogers type of character. So yeah, he does. He looks like the uh, postman in Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Says he has a graduate degree, but in 1987 he was out of work and took a job as a UTA driver. And here he is, 30 years later, still driving buses. Route 21. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's just, I don't know how the fuck anyone has driven a bus for that long. Why don't you hop on Route 21 and go ask and, and report uh, back? No. I don't like riding the bus. It's really not. I took it a lot when I was college. I did too. I rode it a lot. What? Can we skip this next story? This is dumb. Did someone fart in your neighborhood? Is that what happened? No, there Seriously. was a little, there was a little so teeny dumb. tiny A 2.6 magnitude so earthquake. In your well, anytime I see stuff like this, I'm like, Okay, which fucking mine screwed up? Well, or and I'm wondering why it got. I'm wondering why it got reported. Because like, the geological because the USGS always yeah. does. Yeah, and then Fox is like, "Well, it's a yeah. slow news day." Yeah. If you, no, it's, that's, that's what I'm, true. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I'm not wondering why it got reported by the geological. No, it's because Fox is like, "Well, shit." The well, pres- Fox isn't the only one that reported. No, it. but they're like, it just "Well, my printed." <laughs> well, honestly, so to be clear, in the state of Utah, this is what always happens. Oh my God, is it going to be the big one? Is it going to cause... It happened at the epicenter was in Utah Lake where there'll be a tsunami that destroys Saratoga Springs. (laughs) You could be... I'm not fucking kidding. So when... Oh, no, you know, you should go read read the hilarious posts on our community Facebook page. When the tsunami hit the the Fukushima, Japan... Oh, okay. Not all. There were stories on the (laughs) news of whether or not a tsunami could form in the Great Salt Lake. Why are we talking about this? (laughs) You could be dead by dinner time. It's... Tune in at five. Dead, Dead by dinner by time. By dinner time. That's going in the show notes, my friend. In fact, that might even be the goddamn title of the show right there. Uh, That's how they play it. It is ridiculous, though. And then the, the story is like, okay, seriously. A 2.6 magnitude earthquake. His hair took a spring Saturday night. It's like so a paragraph. Last, was it last summer that they had all those clusters up in Idaho when it was at Bear Lake? Like one after the all other? Right, so like we didn't even feel those. No, no, no. But let me tell you, those fucking clusters, hundreds of earthquakes along that area, I'm right, like, that's what uh, we should be worried about, yeah. not a 2.6 in Saratoga Springs. That's fucking newsworthy, <laughs> and there and they were all all the stories were like, USGS says it's not volcanic activity in Yellowstone. It's not related to Yellowstone. And no, I didn't feel it, but I did feel the one in Wells Wells Wendover like a ten years ago when that happened. The like mine explosion one. I don't know. I don't, that, that's always what I think when there's one. No, like this it was it was just explosion. a little bit bigger, but but like those those ones, I'm like, fuck. I'm scared. Like, yeah. And look, they're not going to be like, yep, that means it's going to blow. They will never, ever say that, by the way. You are never going to hear on the news, on any kind of major network, anyone from the U.S. Volcanic Society or, or the Geological Survey or the Park Service or the government say, uh, yep, those many micro-earthquakes mean Yellowstone's probably going to explode sometime in the next 20 years. I'm actually surprised there were that. not bigger ones. They will happens, never, ever, so. ever say that. And and that, like, when that kind of shit happens, I'm like, that's scary. It's because it's fake news. 
Oh my God, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you so much for saying that, Jeremy. Um, in fact, speaking of well, fake they'd news. Well, if it was real. So, um, one of the things, I, did we talk about the donation, the $100,000 donation to the parks here in Utah before? Uh, yes, briefly. I think we mentioned it. The, the reason that I put this story in is because even though the government. Yeah, they're going to still do it. They're still going to do it because. It, so there's it, a there's a nonprofit ne- group that donated a hundred thousand dollars to keep three of the most visited parks in the state of Utah kind of moving. So Zion Arches and Bryce Canyon, um, they donated. They raised a hundred thousand dollars. They donated the money uh, to the parks, and then the government reopened. So here's what I'll say first off about the government reopening. Thank God, it's only temporary. So no. those, those are two um, statements. Thank God, period. It's only, it's only temporary. That's why I tried to put the pause in. <laughs> yeah, but, but it, it wasn't it was good more enough. like a comma than yeah, a period. Yeah. To be clear, that's what I... Yeah, so um, it's only for three weeks. I really don't think... I don't think Trump's stupid enough. <laughs> I hope he's not stupid enough to shut, just it, back to it. shut it back down. Look, he had to cave. He had to cave because he was... He's the most... He's fucking hated. horribly He's unpopular He's probably one of right the most now. hated people in the world right now. And and opening the government back up pulls news attention away from what happened in his like back pocket with with the fucking arrests and everything that have been happening in the indictment. Um, so make no mistake, some of this stuff is well timed. I think that the Republicans in the Senate and the House will have a very difficult time. Uh, if they allow the government to shut down again in three weeks. Well, that Mitch McConnell wouldn't even allow a vote. He's a fucking idiot. It's just beyond. I don't know how he beyond. keeps getting reelected. That guy is such a piece of shit. Um, but anyway, good news is government's back open. Um, furloughed workers are, are back at work. When did um, that go in effect? Yesterday? Yeah, like last week. So they reopened last week. Friday, I thought. Yeah. So they're all back to work this week, in theory. Now, what I, one of the things that Brian and I were talking about is, okay, so it's it's back open, but there's some number of workers that found other jobs. And if I'm a federal worker and it's just a three-week extension, I'm not leaving this fucking job that I found uh, to go back, unless it's way more posh where I was. Like, there's no way I'm leaving this this other job that is more secure. And so there will be some, uh, there, there's, there's already going to be huge delays. Well, so here's the problem. So they're backlogged from being closed. They're going to be shorthanded in places for people who aren't going to take their job back. And so now they're backlogged and shorthanded, and they're going to have to be training new people to take the positions of the people who decide not to go back. And if the government closes again, in three weeks. We're back in that same position. So so it's, it, I mean, it, I read somewhere that uh, they figured it out that it may have cost us over $3 billion. 30. Or, yeah, 30. Three 30 zero. billion dollars to have the government close that long. That's not going to be recouped. That's not, that's not 30 million that will make back once fees are processed and blah, 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 blah. That's just 30 million gone. Now think of all of the things that $30 million could have done instead of just be gone. Like for homelessness, for health care, for whatever else. But instead, the government shut down for, for what was it, 29? No. Almost a month. 
Yeah, I think it was just shy of 30 days or something. Yet the politicians got paid during that time. Well, and... and a lot did... A lot donated their paychecks. I'm just saying, this, this but, was over a $5, million, $5 billion wall budget that Trump's still not going to get. So... But they're actually talking about um, considering legislation that will make it so that the president can't do that anymore, can't hold the country hostage for something like this, which I, I think is probably a good idea. I, I mean, our checks and balances system is supposed to make it so that one person can't be that powerful and something's gone awry now with the way that our country's working. To be fair, so, to be fair it could have... The legislation that was passed by the fucking Senate that he vetoed prior to this, the Republicans in the Senate passed. There was an, It was almost unanimously passed. Like, it was a widely accepted bill. They could have fucking passed the same bill again and overrode his veto. So, it's not all on Donald Trump. Mitch McConnell and the fucking Republicans in the Senate are just as much to blame because they had every capability to prevent this from continuing. They could have done that. There, There is a mechanism in place for Congress to override a piece of shit president. They just haven't done it. And I can't fucking wait for Congress to subpoena all the shit James Comey's putting together. And I really hope they pass the legislation in the House that makes it so that the special counsel stuff comes to Congress and comes to the public aside from whoever the fucking current acting attorney general is, because right now it's at his discretion what gets released to everyone. And hopefully they'll be able to pass bipartisan legislation that says, uh, yeah, no, that's not how it's going to work anymore. That that stuff's going to come to Congress because uh, then we'll actually get to see some of the details that are already kind of leaking out in the news. Um, but I, I think Trump's uh, Trump's not long for this presidency, uh, if you ask me. Even if he is, I'm hoping that all of this is is detrimental enough that, you know, even if he decides to run again, that he won't get the support of the party. All right. Enough about national politics. Let's talk about Utah. Um, so it is again, it is the uh, the legislative session uh, started up yesterday on the 28th. Uh, that was their first official day in session. They're in session for three weeks. Is that right? Uh, 21 days. Yes, I used to know this. But I think I it's twenty one days. Twenty one or twenty seven. Yeah, it's well. I think it's just three weeks because we're just a part time legislature. Okay. Um, anyway, so this is the time of year that we will start to see a lot of protests, a lot of march, a lot of marches, a lot of political activism. Um, so we had uh, a uh, march for life, uh, an anti abortion rally uh, that it, that happened. Um, there's also a fucking idiot. We talked about it last week, so I'm not going to continue to talk about it, but there is an idiot uh, up on the hill. Um, uh, what's her name? Lizenby out of Clearfield. Carrie Ann Lizenby uh, out of Clearfield. Um, 45 calendar days, folks. And and Cheryl Acton out of West Jordan uh, have both uh, unveiled some anti-abortion legislation. So however you feel about that, Maybe you ought to talk to your representative and let them know uh, one way or another how you feel. Uh, and uh, hopefully you feel like it doesn't matter how you feel because the Supreme Court's already ruled. And whatever legislation they pass is going to fucking fail in court and cost you, the taxpayer, millions of dollars. Hopefully you stay out of other people's bodies and what they do with their bodies. Let's just don't touch other people and don't 
don't de- don't make <laughs> that, that is no way to live don't make other dis- and don't make decisions about other people's take bodies. a lesson from the skier douchebag and keep your hands to yourself. that is no way to live i like touching people you know what i mean christopher <laughs> michael just people need to just really you're gonna break on your the, own you're gonna break out the full name on the, the podcast yes should i call you mom you should see the look on her face right now. Uh, Thanks, Pence. We did talk a little bit about this. Um, the fucking legislature is talking about dicking over the people's vote on Prop 3. Uh, Prop 3, by the way, passed way larger margins than any of the other propositions. Like Prop 4 was really close. Uh, Prop 2, medical marijuana, was relatively close. Proposition 3 was not. It got signatures fast. It passed with a pretty massive vote. And now we've got the legislature looking at ways to gut the program. Uh, this is Medicaid expansion. Um, this is money that's earmarked for Utah that's just sitting in a fucking bank account federally that should be coming here so that we can expand our Medicaid programs and help insure some 130,000 or so individuals that are currently uninsured in the state of utah and let me tell you when there's an uninsured person in the state of utah it costs you money anyway because when they go see the hospital they're that comes out of away. tax dollars they they cannot be turned away they go to have their the baby law. they're gonna have it they go for they go because anything. they have the flu and they can't go see a primary care physician because they can't afford it because they don't have insurance they go to the er that costs you a lot of money Way more than expanding Medicaid with your federal tax dollars that are already yeah, earmarked. Yeah, the money here. that's already there. So you need to talk to your representative and tell them, don't fucking dick with this legislation. Instead. And use those words, too. Yeah, actually, if you use those words, they're probably going to accept your call nicely and want you to call back on a regular basis. <laughs> Did you hear me, by the way? The, our legislature runs for 45 days. Is it 45? It's month 128 through 314. That's... That seems longer than normal. You know, now that I say that, I remember that from my legislative days. It's not. Okay. So um, there are some ways uh, for you to get involved. Um, I thought this was a nice list that you found um, of all places on Deseret News. Although um, (laughs) my favorite was like, find a reputable news source. Here's all of our stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but so there's the, they they Deseret News put out an article that um, uh, was this this was uh, last week I think or over the weekend um, the 26th Friday they they put out an article that basically said hey here's some ways to get involved if you only have five minutes or if you have a day um, these are ways that you can get involved in the legislative process so when we tell you to be involved at the local level this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about so the first and most important thing is find out who your representatives are. This is important for a lot of reasons. They start off the article, actually, by talking about the numbers of, of congressmen in the U.S. Senate and House of Representatives. Um, so out of the current 100 senators, 43 of them were previously legislatures at a state level. Uh, and close to half of the U.S. presidents were previously state legislatures. Legislators. Uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, it's that time of year again, folks. Yep. We're going to have to start letting Bree not be on the podcast. <laughs> so she stops correcting me. Legislature is the body. Legislator is the people that make up the body. Don't worry. Talk to me later. I'll sell you something. <laughs> <laughs> on a schooner. Because <laughs> I don't know how to use the word sale either. Um, <laughs> he, can't, he can't distinguish between sell and... 
Oh, they know. And sail. They, this, is, this is our listeners' favorite time of year when you get to correct me on my pronunciation of the word legislature. I hate it. It's a big thing. Bill Allred said it wrong earlier, and I was like, you call seriously? In? Bill did it wrong? It made me mad. Yeah, don't worry. That's a bunch of lawyers up there anyway. Lawyers? <laughs> Please say attorney. <laughs> That's why I say attorney usually. Um, so anyway, but uh, all kidding aside, it is really important to know who your representatives are. Um, hopefully you voted for that person or voted against that person. And if you didn't, uh, probably you should fucking vote. That's the first thing that you can do. Um, but, but beyond that, we're past the point where you can actually vote for them. Um, you can actually get to know who they are and you'll be able to get access to their office. Uh, you can make calls, you can send emails. So if you do find a piece of legislation that you hear about, or you want to go digging around and I'll, uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, you can, you can reach out to them. It takes an email. A phone call is always better. We've talked to a lot of people uh, on this show in past episodes that are in local government, uh, either at the, the congressional level in the state or at, uh, you know, county levels. The biggest thing that you can do is call the office. An email is really easy, but they get thousands and they don't read them all. And it's a lot easier to dismiss an email than it is a phone call. So take five, 10 minutes out of your day and call the office and say, hey, I just want you to know I'm not okay with this bill, with House or Bill Or I want this bill. Or I would like this bill. Or I would really like to talk to him about or her about X because this is how it affects me and something needs to be done. It's a quick call. They're going to take your call. Uh, they, they generally happily take your call as long as you don't talk like I do. Uh, <laughs> Keep the F-bombers the, in the hangar. I mean the swearing. Uh, I, have a, I have a T-shirt actually from Whore Island now. That's right. Um, <laughs> I almost put that on the other day, and I'm like, I don't know if I can wear this where I'm going, so maybe I should not yet. <laughs> um, but I do, I do have a T-shirt that says, I went to Whore Island, and all I got was this T-shirt. That's um, great. Uh, anyway, if you don't do that, don't talk like me to, to your representatives. They're, they're likely to have a conversation with you. And if you feel like you want to either email them, don't just like send an email from your personal account. They have forms on their websites. That's usually how I do it. And I've heard back from yeah, you get, you get my senators. More. Yeah, it's a quicker response for sure. Because they, they, they are loath to click regular emails that come in um, because they're, you know, ripe <laughs> with viruses. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So that that's one way. Also, you can you can follow the state legislature on social media. Um, so there's Twitter. Or just follow Ben Winslow. Yeah. That's well, there's there's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram accounts, YouTube accounts for a lot of them. The House majority and minority. Uh, a lot of the representatives. You should absolutely follow your representative on Twitter uh, and on Facebook. And if they don't have an account, call the office and say, "Hey, I'd really like you guys to have a Twitter account." Do any um, of them not? I don't know. Even don't Hatch know. has one. You know, he doesn't run it himself. Not, not anymore. He died. He didn't die. He just retired. He didn't so, die. He's been dead for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a weekend of Bernie's thing going on for a while up there, okay? <laughs> I wanted him. I, weekend at Orange. There was a little part of me that wanted him to be like Strom. Yeah, I, I, I think that's why he retired is so he didn't end up like Strom Thurmond. Um, all right. So... Uh, this is actually something that's really important, and, and they mention it in here, get updates from a credible news source. So what they mean by that is 
don't get your fucking updates from a place like Breitbart. Don't get your updates from Facebook and from what your grandma or your yeah, mother from your cousin. Posts. Well, he and knows. research multiple sources. You don't just have to read one. Yeah, typically, and, and try to get sources from different sides. So, for example, a little to the left and a little to the right. I I would tell you I like KUTV site. I think it's a, a well-done site. They have good stories. They're actually a partner of Deseret News, and so they do a lot of cross-pollination and share a lot of stories. Um, but I also, as much as I hate the Salt Lake Tribune site, um, it's gotten better, by the way, just to throw that out there. Um, they've done some partnerships with like Fox 13, I think is who they're partnering with. Um, and so I try to go to both places to start to get news locally because you get kind of that 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 not, neither of those sources by the way are super left or super right um, we actually have a, a fairly okay media presence here in the valley there there are certainly more lds on the ksl deseret news side and have a very much lds slant in their reporting but which uh, means they're a little more conservative but they they still present facts primarily. They're not mostly opinion pieces. Whereas if you go to, say, Fox News, uh, which don't go to Fox News for local news. That's just a dumbass idea because they don't really talk about local stuff. But if you go to a place like that, you're going to get opinions. You're not going to get facts. You're not going to get um, good you know, nonpartisan reporting, you're going to get very partisan, uh, opinionated pieces. And that's the same with the shit you read on Facebook. So if something is standing out to you, like if you, if one of these, these abortion bills or anti-abortion bills stands out to you, go do some research on the legislation. Um, you know, talk to your representative, read stories about it from multiple sources. Um, and, and that's one way to be involved is to be informed. And that, that then allows you to have informed discussions uh, about those issues. Um, the other thing uh, that they have on here um, is to follow the bills and find the status. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, but also... These are things that a lot of people don't know you can do. You can attend committee meetings. So if you get about an hour, you can go sit in on a committee meeting at the Capitol. They're, they're for the most part, open to the public. They well, do have closed sessions. And they stream, some of them stream live. You can watch them. Really? At the state level they do? Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, you can also actually sit in on a town hall meeting. Um, so not just the ones that, like Ben McAdams, obviously we talked about his, but a lot of your local reps have them. Uh, a lot of them have them. They're small. There's usually only a handful of people there. And that is like, if you want to talk about being heard by your representative at the, the state house or the state senate, those are the best. Because it's you... A lot of times it's you and like, depending on your district and how active people are, it's you and like 12 people, maybe. My rep always sends out surveys in the email. Yeah, and respond to those surveys because a good a good rep will actually pay attention to those surveys and, and understand what their constituents want and how their constituents are going to vote. Um, also, if you are on Facebook, the events page is really, really great for seeing things that are going on. Like on the 4th. Uh, I believe it's the fourth. It's a Monday. Um, there, they have a rally. Uh, like you can go up for the domestic violence yep. group that's up there trying to get le legislation passed. So there are things like that on there all the time. So you can you can watch floor debates, uh, live floor debates on on the actual general body. Um, you can 
here's the other thing. So we talk about doing research and talking about things that are important to you, um, but committees do a lot of stuff, and one of the things they're required to do is post public notices so um, of their meetings and, and, and agendas. And you actually can get the opportunity, if you're you know, not just a, you know Joe Schmo that really has nothing to do with this issue, but there's a potential that you can talk to your representative, and if you're knowledgeable about something, they may ask you to speak. Mm-hmm. And you can speak to the committee. You could even speak potentially to the, the, the whole floor. That's very rare. But speaking to the committee is something that, that actually happens quite a bit, especially if you're an expert in a particular industry. So, for example, Jeremy's a slam poet uh, who does architecture. And, and if there was some piece of legislation that would heavily impact him as an architect... He's a professional architect and has been for longer than my kids have been alive. Um, he's old. Longer That's than his kids have been alive, too. True. But, but um, you know, he's an expert in that field. And they look for people to talk about stuff like that. And I don't know if there's like a, a big architectural lobby in the state of Utah. I'm guessing there's not. Um, but uh, that that's sort of, that's the kind of thing that really has a big deal. Like Jeremy has an expertise in green architecture and he lives it. Be, yeah. And and he would be a fantastic resource to be able to talk to his representative. Like there's some piece of legislation that's going to affect his business that he thinks is total bullshit because it's not. You know, well, even things like in some states, We've talked about it before. Having a beehive, you get uh, a stipend. Yeah, the government will actually give you whatever three, four hundred bucks a year because to have there's a not beehive. enough of them. But something like that, yeah, I'd be happy to speak about something like that if the opportunity were to arise. Yeah, and you can take a tour of the Capitol, and while you're there, you can go visit your congressperson's uh, office. <clears throat> and yeah, and the nice thing is that you can go take tours. At any time. Yeah, and you can take virtual ones, but get and off your ass and go to some of them, some of the representatives will give tours, and, like, I did mine with Jim DeBacchus, uh, and, like, take time to talk to you, and... Um, His tours were awesome, and he did them Facebook Live. Yes. <laughs> and we'll throw this link out, um, but if you go to just uh, le for legislature, le.utah.gov, uh, you'll go out to the Utah State Legislature's page, uh, and on there, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's super useful for you guys. Um, at the top, um, the biggest one, the one that's probably the most important right now is the Bills tab. So if you click on Bills, you can actually see um, there's a whole bunch of different things there, but you'll see like 2019 General Session Bills, uh, and that's where you're going to be able to see any bills. So if you And see, we're only in day two, so that's going to fill up fast so for instance right now we are at bill house bill 214 it us- the house usually gets up um into like the 900s and those are the bills we have current resolutions of 10 we have joint resolutions are already at like 15 uh senate bills right now which generally are much less than the house we're only at 108 um, but we're two days into the session and that's how many bills have been filed when you go out there, you can see legislative impact um, once it's been uh, analyzed by the fiscal analyst. Mm-hmm. So you can see if it's going to cost, if it's going to make, if it's going to not, you know, if it's just going to be a flat. So it a doesn't lot of really the, do anything. A lot of the early stuff is is budgetary stuff. Mm-hmm. But for instance, HB 15, um, it gives you basically a title. Uh, which is kind of the the best place to see what it is. There's Vic- usually a short description right after HB 15, Victims' Rights Amendments. That's that tells you. Oh, you know what? That's probably got something to do with either rape victims or just crime victims in general. That's something I'm interested in. 
I'm going to go open that bill up and take a look at it, where I'm going to start researching HB 15 in Utah. It'll also give you um, the status of the bill as it progresses through committees. So it'll tell you what committee it's in, um, whether it's passed that committee or It'll tell you whatever. if Mike Noel sponsored it, which means it's probably going to get passed. Well, it's going to, and it's going to show you its House sponsor and its Senate sponsor for whichever. So it's going to show your main, your main sponsor as the House sponsor when you look up House bills. And then there's also usually a Senate sponsor for when it gets into the Senate. So you'll be able to see if one of your legislators is is helping to sponsor that bill, which kind of can give you a leg up because you're a direct constituent. Um, but you can see so much so, information on the on the site. So, by the way, HB 210 is one you might want to pay attention to if you're for Medicaid expansion, because that's a Medicaid expansion revisions bill. Um, so... It's a great resource. We don't have the time to go through all of them. We will keep you apprised of the big ones that seem to be gaining momentum. One thing to keep in mind is there will be over a thousand bills in this legislative session. Not all of them will even make it out of committee. Most of them die in committee. Some of them don't even get to committee. Some of them are proposed and they don't, they they don't, don't get a get good enough draft. Yeah, yeah, they don't even get a good enough draft, but um, they have to file them by a a certain time or something like that. So that, and so some, some of them you'll just go out there and you'll just see a name and a short description and there won't be anything else for a and, while. And so just keep that in mind. But if something is of interest to you that you see as you're there, it doesn't take long to look through it. Um, mark it down and then you can start following it and you can say, you know, you know, I'm going to reach out to my, my senators, Karen Maine. I'm going to read out, reach out to Karen about Senate bill, whatever. I know Eric Hutchings is my house representative. So I'm going to reach out to representative Hutchings about, you know, you know, HB 210 and tell him don't fucking do it, dude. Don't support this shit. Let's, let's just kill this bill. Um, so those are the types of things that you can do, uh, to get involved. And this is, this is a time that you can really do it that, I mean, honestly, it has more impact than voting in some ways. If you if you do the right things, if you do what we've talked about, which is, uh, in a lot of respects, just calling. All right. Speaking of things that happen in uh, at the Capitol, uh, because of SB one sixty, there is, this is now SB one sixty last year. Yes. Yep. There is a brand new cold case database that was activated uh today which is the 29th and it is a it was passed during last year's legislative session and the new law makes it mandatory for utah law enforcement agencies to enter their cold cases and missing person cases into a database so uh, there are more than 400 cold cases in utah and that is homicide missing people and deceased people that have not been identified so this is a a pretty big deal yeah so this is going to help you know if there's something related somewhere else if somebody's been picked up and there's some dna or something on file that they haven't been able to place did they did they talk much about how it works because i know looking at it briefly it says it like crosses over with other agencies well i tend to think that other states have have similar requirements and so the more information just like anything the more so, information we can get yeah out there. so if you go to the actual website uh which i did this afternoon it has a picture of the person it has whatever year that they say like a homicide victim 
um, that they were found um, or went missing. How has this um, not been a thing before now? I know, right? Like, um, how, how is this not a thing? Same reason that you can't uh, register. Actually, look up a gun. Well, but, but how is this not? How is this not a thing for current crimes? Why is it just cold cases? Yeah. Um, anyways, it's it's just very interesting. It has like where they last were. It's it it's it's pretty pretty detailed, but I think that it it also leaves room for maybe if somebody knew the situation could add more information. And like the first example in this story um, from the Desert News said that uh, for thirty two years uh, Patricia Barrett was unidentified. So, and it wasn't until somebody else um, from that. Police took a missing persons report in 1979 from a woman from Texas named Patricia Barrett, and then they started putting so the two together. Here, here's what happened. So back in 70, in October of 78, uh, there was a body found by the Salt Lake County Sheriff's Office. They were investigating this body, which had been like wrapped up and found dead. Wrapped in carpets. Now. So super suspicious. Yeah. They found a body by Saltaire. That's suspicious enough. And it was wrapped Rubbed up. So, carpet. so clearly it was a murder. But they don't know who this person is. At the same time, uh, or, or within, you know, some months. So in 1979, police in Salt Lake City take a missing persons report uh, for this Pat- Patricia Barrett from Texas. Okay. Salt Lake County Sheriff's Office, Salt Lake City Police Department. They don't talk. Same fucking person. They don't talk. Who are you? In in 78 and 79. Now, because of this, 32 years later. Well, it was in 2011. Yeah. yeah. But basically, they, they figure out that, oh my God, we've had this body, uh, this unidentified body for 30-something years. That matched that, that story. matched the story. Oh my God, it's the same person. And if we had this database, one, that would have been done. So the database is three years, right? Listen, you can only keep a milk carton for so long. <laughs> so the, the data, the cold case is three years, right? And that, that's when they have to put it in here. So mandatory now in the state of Utah, any in, any agency after three years has to put the case into this database. Right. So that they can cross-reference. But yeah. you're right. Like, it should just be... Like how is that not in a th- there? How is that not a thing? Like open investigations. Like you can set a threshold, right? Like missing persons, uh, murder, like capital offense type stuff. I think. Like I don't think petty crimes. You need to necessarily right. share that information. Right. But but this these types of offenses, like that, should be a thing now. Yeah. Because I mean, I wonder how many things we could solve just a little bit quicker, maybe faster than thirty-two years. Well, technology has changed. DNA testing has changed. Um, yeah. There was, I think, one of the things that kick-started this was a like right after um, Rosie Tapia. Is that her name? That something like that. The, she, the, the little girl. girl. Provo? No, she's oh, in no. Rose Park. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah. Somebody left a Barbie doll on her headstone um, right That's after right. she was buried and they are actually going to try to use new DNA technology to see if they can find out who left that and hopes that it will help solve her cold case. So I'll tell you though, this, this takes us to the new feature of the day. Of the month. <laughs> of the month. So we're going we're gonna to try to do this um, probably the last week of the month um, for the foreseeable future because, holy shit, Utah has a lot of fucking infamous people tied to it. Um, we're going to start uh, start this whole feature off with Butch Cassidy. Um, uh, we thought so it would be kind of fun because Butch Cass- Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and Sundance. That was, that was Jeremy. Woohoo. 
Before speaking of Sundance, before we get into that, can we just talk about Ted Bundy really quick? Even oh, yeah. though he will be in another feature. Well, we kind of talked about him already a little bit about the movie. Well, there's two out right now. There's one on Netflix, which is a bunch of old recordings. And then there is the sensationalized. Um, it's actually not told from his perspective. The one at Sundance is told from his girlfriend's perspective, who he had a kid with. Yeah. She was from Ogden, by the way. Um, anyways, just reading about people watching both of these and having the Utah ties, how many people got away, how many people are um, talking about him being beautiful and how these shouldn't be released. It has been 25 years since he was executed to the date. Um, what do you guys think about that? All this stuff coming out and the story still being told. I'm not into murder porn personally. I think it's interesting. Um, a couple of years ago at Fan X, his uh, therapist was oh yeah, I was you on that panel. in a a panel that Cassie and I attended because Cassie loves murder porn. Um, but he played some of his recordings, and when Ted Bundy escaped, he actually called him from the road and talked to him. Um, People are fascinated by it. Um, it. There's no way to get around sensationalizing it because it it just doesn't matter. There's always going to be weird people. People are well, being, people are mad that he he's being portrayed as beautiful. He was. He was. He, he was. That was part of the, the reason time. he was able to do and but, get away with what he did. Look at fucking Charlie Manson. Charlie Manson has people that to this day believe that he's just this this thing. Like he's. First off, he's fucking hideous, but he is such a he's charming dead. person. Was he was such a charming person? I forgot he died last year, right? Was yeah. it last year or two years ago? It was last, last year. Last year. But but he was such a charming, charismatic person. Mm-hmm. Like is is hideous of a person as he is. To this day, there are people that are like he was amazing. Right, but uh, but what Jess is talking about is his actual like physical beauty. I think. Yeah. The thing is, is that was. That, that was what made period. him so successful is he was this this nice looking white guy that a cop even pulled over pulled him over while he had a body in his trunk and he Yeah got well, away. Look with at it. look at the what the BTK killer in Kansas. Was yeah. it in Kansas where they finally caught up with this guy? Guy went cold for years. They would have never found him. Never found him. Uh, and, and then he publishes this fucking thing in a paper. like Manifesto. Th- this yeah. manifesto. Like, how many years later? And who was this guy? He was a fucking family man that went to church. Like, he was a scout leader at one time. Yeah. Like, look, people are fascinated well, by Golden serial States killers. That they just caught. He was a cop. Yeah. T- I mean, look. Look, the Zodiac killer, fucking, he's a goddamn representative in Congress. <laughs> Ted Cruz. He's still there. <laughs> You'd be like... Ancients. But I'm just saying, like, people are fascinated with serial killers. I think part of that fascination is, like, well, it's like the, it's like the, the idea with this stupid kid, the snowboard kid up at Brighton, right? Like, uh, it's, I don't understand how someone gets to that point. I don't understand the psyche of a serial killer. And I think it's hard for people to grasp. And so I think that's part of the fascination. Well, the good news is, is that Butch Cassidy was not violent. No. No, that was one of the amazing things about Butch Cassidy. So let's let's talk a little bio quick uh, about Butch Cassidy. So Start at the beginning. Well, the beginning as you usually do. So he was born April 13th in 1866. 66. Yeah, how did his parents Utah. conceive him? 
He probably had beaver sex. cheese. He probably had beaver cheese. They had sex. They were Mormon pioneers, maybe by the way. In missionary Maybe they were originators of beaver cheese. They were in the missionary position. He was... Man on top. It's the only way. It's the only natural sex position. And only to have kids. That's the only reason why yeah. you would ever do that. Well, they did. They had so 13 anyway, but of he, them. He was the oldest, oldest right? 13 of kids. 13 kids. And, and like, the reason you had 13 kids back then is because someone had to work. Have you guys seen their house? It is so... Tiny. Well, they were all they were all tiny back then. My like, grandpa was was the oldest of twelve, and they only had one bedroom. Keep in mind, like this is this is the this is the old west, and so I was talking to Bree about this earlier. Like, you know, we we think of westerns. Like a lot of people when they think of westerns are like, oh, like Texas, like cowboys are in Kansas and Texas. That wasn't Kansas. the wild. That wasn't the wild west. The wild west it's was here, here. Mm-hmm. Colorado, Montana, Utah, Utah Arizona. Montana, Idaho, Arizona, New Mexico. These big, open, expansive desert-style landscapes. Wyoming. I have that, been to his house, by the way. His actual house. The, the just outside of Zion's National Park. That's cool. These 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 open landscapes and these these it was all it was all settlement. People go out and claim a chunk of land, and it's theirs. And and all kinds of shit was going really fast. And, you know, in a big city like New York, back east, like you don't get away with some of the stuff that you get away with out here because there's no law out here. Uh, and it, it's well, just, his parents came. Did I read this right? Or maybe wonder. I read it. They came out here because. Jeremy, they, do you know anything other than his parents were Mormon? They were <laughs> English and <laughs> they were they actually came over because the prophet said that they needed to they needed people they needed to, come to settle over. Utah. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. They they immigrated to settle Utah. Not just immigrated to Utah, but immigrated anyway, to the Anyway, his name was actually Robert Leroy Parker. Yeah, so um he as a always always was an honest person, like by all accounts was a super charming honest person. Um, like the Robin Hood of the West. Well, there's a reason for that. Um but I know, the, we'll get the, there. The, the the honesty though, like there's a story of the when he first his first run in with law when he was a kid. Which was soured him. <laughs> yeah. So he's thirteen, he goes to this other town, like goes way out to this town and the general store is closed. Overalls. And so he breaks into the store, steals the overalls, and says, I'll come pay you tomorrow. He left a note. Yeah. And so he never actually, you know, serves any kind of time for that. Like, they settle it. Well, probably. They, the guy prosecuted. and He tried to, yeah. But presumably he was able to pay because that's the thing. And, and that kind of pissed him off about the whole thing at that at that point. So ah, damn the man. But but he had a lot of respect for his parents and his family. Um, That's and part of why he changed his name is because he didn't want his family name to be known. So he's, it says he worked in a butcher shop. Well, so before the butcher shop, he actually he worked actually for, took his mentor's last name first. Yeah. So he worked yeah. for a guy. Wasn't it William Cassidy? Mike, was Mike, Mike, Mike Cassidy. Cassidy. So he worked at a ranch for this this guy Mike Cassidy, who by the way was a known cattle wrestler. Right. Wrestler. He was also a, he, a criminal. He also taught him how to use a gun. Yeah, so he, horses. so he taught him how to ride horses, use a gun, steal horses and cattle. Uh, and, I mean, basically like his second dad. So he took his last name and then Butch. Butch was his nickname when he did his short period of time as a butcher. Yeah, they, they, they figure it's from the butcher spot because originally he was he was Lee Cassidy, right? L- Le- no, Roy. Roy Cassidy. Leroy Park. His, you, no, he no, went. He went by Roy oh, Cassidy. When he changed his name while. to Cassidy, he went by, I think it was Roy Cassidy. And then Butch Cassidy. But yeah, he didn't want to use his family name because he didn't want it going back to his family. Yeah, so so he was born um, in Shithole, Utah, 
Um, Circleville. No, he well, was, he was born, born in Beaver. Beaver. Yeah, he was born but in he Beaver. Lived in Circleville. Lived in Circleville. Basically, they're both shitholes. Um, little bitty tiny. Circleville even really exists. Circleville is right yeah. outside of Bryce Canyon. It's by Fish Lake. Oh, it's one of those little tiny like um, like monument towns. Yes, kind of. Yeah, you have to go around fi- from Beaver. You have to go around Fish Lake National, Mar- or you have to go through the national park to get to it. So anyway, um, so from Utah. Um, kind of starts doing the rustling stuff, presumably with 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 Mike Cassidy, um, and once Mike Cassidy passed away, um, then he had he to got go new friends. Figure so it out actually, himself. it says Mike Cassidy got in trouble with the law and oh, yeah. disappeared. Yeah, well, he probably died. Probably that that would be the likely. Or someone killed him. Either way, yeah, no longer living. <laughs> yeah, not around anymore. He's gone. Um, and so then he robbed. He didn't rob the bank yet, did he? No, he started out by this. His first felon was he stole a horse, a five dollar horse in Wyoming, and he's sentenced. Oh yeah, that's what he got sent to jail. Yeah, for, that, for, that was for fir- two years. Was the two only years. jail time he ever served uh, was was in the Wyoming State Pen, which at the time was in Laramie. By the way, that old Wyoming State Pen is really cool. I, I've been there. Um, and and so he served that jail time. He only served eighteen months of it, and then was released for good behavior. He got by given the, a pardon by the um, yeah, and was given a pardon as long as he promised governor. to leave Utah or, yeah, or, or leave, leave Wyoming. Wyoming Basically, it's just a nice dude. And and the story goes. So this is this is kind of into how nice of a guy he is, and, and honest of a guy. Prior to serving that time in prison in Wyoming, he said, "Hey, I got to go take care of some stuff. Let me go. I'll come back in the morning, and I'll start my sentence." They let him and go, he did. and he came back the next morning. Mm-hmm. Like that's how honest of a guy he was. Um, and this is—he's still young. I like how point. you say honest. I don't think that's the word. No, that's honest. He <sighs> said, "I'll come back tomorrow." When he came back, he you can't what? really call a criminal honest. Yeah, However, you can. You can be an you can be a thief and still be honest. You start getting into into his life of crime. He was stealing from large cattle ranchers and the government. In theory, yeah. So back in, in the days he, he was active. He did still payroll sometimes. Well, that, oh, came well far, that came later. But but in the days he was active and really where he got kind of his notoriety is, so he was like a, an amazing bank and train robber. So Yeah, he has. He well, still has the longest sequence of bank and train robberies in, in history. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but one of the things that he really got known for is he stole cattle and, and horses, a lot of them. Um, and the, what he was doing, so back in this time, um, you had basically... Cattle barons. Yeah, you had cattle barons. So what, what happened was there was a lot of problems uh, with, with weather and horses dying off and livestock and a lot of your small ranchers weren't able to maintain. And so you had these big corporations that were running these huge, huge ranches that were buying these small ranches up because they couldn't keep their, you know, keep their doors open, essentially, um, buying them up for shit money and putting them out of business. Um, and he would steal from them uh, cattle and horses and money and basically give it back to the other people. Uh, and there's a, there's a lot of uh, rumor that he gave a lot of the stuff he stole. He actually gave that money away uh, and, and paid local. So, yeah, stuff. there was one story where it, it said he, he went into a shop and it doesn't say where. And the lady behind the counter was upset and he asked her what was wrong. And she said that, that uh, they were, the bank was coming to buy back the store. And so he gave her the money. To, to save her store. Well, did you hear the second part of that? Then he accosted the banker on his way out of town and stole his money back. And so he actually paid off lots of mortgages that way yeah. by giving the person the money. The person would pay the banker and then he would Steal rob the banker. the banker. And one thing, this, one thing to also be said about 
uh, Butch Cassidy is he never shot anyone. That was my favorite part of any of the stories. Like he, he, he was not a it, violent it guy. It was no, no excessive gun violence was what one now, of the stories said. Now, the Wild Bunch, his gang that he met up with and, and kind story. of formed, they killed a lot of fucking people and they killed a lot of cops. Well, and so it says his best friend was actually not the Sundance Kid. No, no, no. And, and the Sundance Kid. It was kid, Harry Longabaugh. The, the, the Sundance Kid stuff came from the movies. Yeah. Right? So that's why now a lot of people associate them with, with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid is, is it was kind of glamorized in the movie. To be fair, that's who he went to South America with. He right. did. Uh, he was. So the Sundance Kid was actually born in Pennsylvania and he got his name from Sundance, Wyoming. Because that's where he stole his first horse. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where he got caught. Or his, yeah, he got arrested from stealing horses there. So, so his his true best friend, Ellisworth L.Z. Lay, he actually did shoot and kill. Oh, he killed a few people. Um, a sheriff, and that's what he went. Yeah, ultimately, that's deputies. what he went that's, to prison for. Yeah. And then he kill. got out because he helped stop a riot. <laughs> yeah, he helped stop a prison riot. <laughs> they let him out of prison. <laughs> yeah. Well, and ironically enough, sh- he, he was. Uh, with Etta Place, who also left with them when he went to uh, Bolivia or wherever it was. So yeah, he was somewhere else. Another too. one of the stories about the the kid who had worked and saved his money and bought a nice horse for fifty dollars, I believe it was. And another wrangler came through, forced him to give him his horse with his saddle. At the, at like he had a nice saddle, yeah, a really nice saddle. And it, he rode off with it. And two or three weeks later, uh, Butch Cast and his and his gang are at this kid's ranch and Butch asks the kid, I heard you lost your horse. And the kid said, yeah. And that guy took it. So he went over to the guy, kicked him off the horse and said, start walking. I'm not going to associate with people who rob from children. Yep. <laughs> that, I mean, so like, it's, it's kind of weird, but like he, and he was a criminal. He stole, he stole a lot of money, by the way. And payroll. A lot of it was not even bank robbery, but uh, some like of it. Like payroll, the, the, the first 20,000. Yeah. It so was that, so coal mine payroll. The coal mine, that was the first one that was controversial that he was, that's not, that's no longer Robin Hood esque because that was stealing it from But people. even beyond that, like, so so one of the things they were known for, so first off, they set up a lot of the hideouts that gangs used throughout the time. So the Hole in the Wall uh, hideout in Wyoming, they, they established Robber's Roost, uh, which there's a fucking whiskey named after now. Yes, I actually wrote um, that at the top, how many of the things in these stories are related to Utah liquor. Yeah, there's a ton. So Robber's Roost was one of their hideouts uh, down in southern Utah, uh, one that they supposedly never, ever found. Like the the law never actually found him at Robber's Roost, um, and and like he established a, a lot of these trails, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, you know, the the thing that he was really known for in terms of robberies was uh, it was kind of un, it, robberies were very smash and grab at the time, right? He walked away from Montpelier, the Montpelier Bank, which is just like thirty minutes north yeah, of Bear so. Lake. I was I was reading it, and I was like. It's explaining how before they went in the bank, they like tied up yeah. their horses. The street, and, and I was like, in. how do you rob a bank with a tied up horse? Because you got to get away. So the, the banker, the, the the head banker, the owner of the bank is leaving. It's the end of the day. They casually walk up to him, yeah. casually walk him back in. So there's only him and one other teller who's locking up. They're inside. That's when they pull their guns on him. Yeah. Rob him casually. And casually walk out and untie the horse and, <laughs> and like right go away. away. It, by the way, I've been to that bank. It's tiny. Yeah. It's, now, it's now a printing. Uh, they're, they're, 
I mean, there are they, these were all tiny places. Like, th- let's not confuse ourselves. There wasn't anything big in the West. No, because this is this is time of settlement. But he, that. But that, the amounts of money he stole comparatively are huge. Well, and and the thing is, the thing is, like how he did it. He cased the joint. So we that's commonplace now, right? Like casing a place and setting a plan. That didn't happen back then, and he was one of the first, and, and the Wild Bunch gang were one of the first groups to do it, and that's why they were so successful. Most, most Wild West train robber movies you see now are inspired by what he did for real. Yeah, so they would they would plan they would they would plan where to hit the train. They would leave. Hor- this is this is the stuff that was genius. This is why they didn't get caught doing it. They would along the way, so they would plan this for for a long time and they would set up uh horses like really fast really horses. good horses fast horses that could run for a long time without stopping and they'd set them up along the trail basically whatever trail they were taking what they did is they based it off the, the way the pony express works yeah and and they would ride they would jump on the fresh horse they'd ride they'd jump on a fresh horse they'd ride and at some point they'd start splitting off and then they'd all meet up somewhere else later like a month or two later and so it's like it's just rad. I don't know. It's really cool to think about because that would that, that's not well, how so, things were done. So, like in Montpelier, perfect example. The posse within, I, it was, I think it was twenty twenty five minutes within short amount of time. The posse was after him, but they're riding their horses nonstop, and these guys are switching horses every whatever. Yeah, like their horses can't keep up. So yeah, your horses are going to. Plus, get they're tired. all split up, and and your horses aren't your horses aren't anything like what the the kind of horses that they've they've stolen and trained and right. like I mean that's the thing he started as a as a horse thief so um, yeah just really kind of cool and the, yeah the amounts of money Bree so like the the twenty thousand dollars back then which is one of the 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 grabs that they had off of one of the trains was. Okay. That's like one point eight million dollars. The biggest now. one was seventy thousand from the Rio Grande. Yep. Yeah, that's insane. Seventy thousand today would be a decent amount of money, but back then it's several million dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and think about that. Like, how many robberies happen now for that kind of that kind of cash? Not a lot. Well, well some my billionaire for... was seven thousand. Yeah, and even seven thousand—that's that's like a half a million well, dollars now. Robberies now are less than like they'll rob a freaking convenience store for, for less than five hundred bucks. Coffee money. Um, there was only one actual robbery in Utah, and it was the. Uh, the mining, the coal company. Yeah, the, that, pay, the payroll. The yep. Pleasant, Pleasant Valley Coal Company in Castlegate. Only one in Utah. Yeah. 8800 bucks. But he came back to Utah a lot. He, he came back here frequently. Uh, they rode here frequently. So eventually, basically what happened was, like, he was trying to make deals with states uh, and governors of states and, and like, Union Pacific. The problem um, is he just got too famous too fast. Everybody knew who he was. Well, and and they were trying to like, okay, we'll give you basically clemency if you don't rob people in our state. Well, and there was an I can't remember the name of the organization that was actually after him. Pinkertons. Pinkertons. Yeah. So the Union Pacific Railroad hired the Pinkertons because no one could catch him. And and when they did corner parts of the gang, that's when you know like like uh, his his gang members killed a lot of deputies, a lot of deputies, like a lot of police police officers, a lot of sheriff's deputies, basically. Um, But Eventually, Union Pacific, what happened was they were trying to basically come up with a deal with him so he'd stop robbing their trains. And in the process of doing that with him, negotiating with him, he robbed another train. (laughs) And they're like, all right, never mind. So they hired the Pinkertons to come after them. Now, the Pinkertons, like, there's not really an organization like that that exists today. Back then, this was like... 
Let's make one. Well, yeah. the Pinkertons is what evolved into the FBI. Yeah, I mean, essentially, because they, they cross state lines, uh, which was a big deal. Like back then, crossing state oh, yeah. lines Once for you crimes, you were, you were free and clear a lot of times. But uh, the Pinkertons weren't like the FBI in a lot of ways. Because they just fucking killed people. They were yeah, professional they, they assassins. Yeah, they didn't have any kind they of didn't rules governing them. They, they were like bounty hunters that were like, well, oh, they, here's uh, the head of Butch Cassidy. After the Civil War, they hired a lot of assassins from both sides. Yeah. To to be part to of be part of the Pinkertons, to yeah. Go after people, and and so and they were really good investigators, uh, most of them, and so they were they were on his trail the whole time. So eventually, uh, and I think it was the the robbery in New Mexico that kind of forced their hand. Um, they Butch and and well, his uh, last holdup was um, in 1901 in Wagner, Montana. And it was the North Pacific train robbery. Yeah. Okay. So, but but uh, that robbery, they said we gotta leave. Like they're, they're too close. Pushed him. We, we can't do this anymore. So they actually go to and this this was this was crazy to me because like in today's terms, like I was blown away. They went to Argentina. Well, first yeah, they went well, to England. So no, no, they no. purchased a ranch. They they went to they went to New York, and they took a ferry or a ship. A, a British ship. Not, <laughs> not a ferry. ferry. I would take a ferry to but England. They, they chartered a British ship from from the New York area to Argentina. I thought they went to England Bolivia. First. No, no. Well, to, to Bol- Bol- Bolivia was second. They went to Argentina. They went to Argentina at they, a ranch. They, which they tried to ranch. They tried to go legit for a couple of years and they couldn't do it. They bought a ranch in Argentina and basically then they were like, "Well, it's easy to steal, so we start stealing." They don't like it. They're getting Pinkertons are going to come down here. Uh, let's sell off. So this is like in the 18 and early 1900s. So traveling is not easy. They they go across country, which is incredibly difficult even still. Like even with airplanes, that's a four-hour flight. But driving a car, which isn't a horse, which doesn't have to stop other than to get gas every once in a while, and we stop for sleep, it still takes like three days to get from here to New York, like nonstop, a couple days, two to three days, right? Uh, I did. I think my record time was 32 hours. Yeah, and that's like basically. That's not like sleeping. when you were wearing diapers and stuff, right? She was doing coke. <laughs> yeah, she was doing coke. She was, coke and diapers, she was in like yeah. astronaut diapers, you know? Yes. Remember the astronaut wife that went to Florida <laughs> wearing the diapers? Yeah. So she could kill him. So she could kill her husband. Definitely uh, neither of those things. But just determined. Yeah, so, but it takes forever, right? Yeah, and it think does. about this on horseback. So, horseback, you're going. There's no roads cut like through anything. Riding hard 30 miles an hour, oh, if that, maybe 20, and that's riding real hard. Uh, so, you're, I mean, it takes forever to get across there. Even if you hop on a train, it still takes a while back yeah. then. Um, but he's probably not really going to ride the train too And much. then to take a boat to Argentina, set up a ranch, and so then they flee from Argentina into Bolivia, um, and... For a long time, everyone thought he died in Bolivia. So they in 1908. Robbed. Well, they, a gentleman helped with that story because they thought it was the only way that he would have to get straight and actually came back to the U.S. Yeah, somebody lied for them, supposedly. Yeah. And they think some researchers went to one of the sites that they had maybe been buried and they the bodies up. that were there were not they didn't Americans. They think. The researchers actually did. Well, yeah. no, but I, they're not... They, that's just one of the... Supposed sites. There might. Oh yeah. Might no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it, it was his youngest sister who wrote the book. So, so L- Lula. So, so anyway, yeah, Lula so ben- Bentonson. For a long time, the story was he died in Bolivia. They they ended up him and him and son, the Sundance Kid got kind of cornered by uh, lawmen in Bolivia, and rather than die, they 
basically killed each other. Like Butch killed the Sundance kid and then shot himself. That's how the movie goes. Well, and that's that's for a long time. That's what people <laughs> thought. So, but it then, still is because if you read through any of these stories, like a lot of people, there's still like think two that. that say that but, it's not real. But most most of the there's no actual evidence that they died in Bolivia and what most people think because they talked to his youngest sister so remember 13 kids that's a long age difference she said yeah he went he went at that point he went to Europe he went to England this is in 1975 she's telling her story he had yeah so this is like she's on her deathbed basically telling the story yeah and she's like he went to England he had Essentially, cosmetic surgery. He changed his mm-hmm. appearance, changed um, his name, changed his name. He came back to the U.S. He lived in Spokane, Nevada, Washington. and then Washington. And he came to visit me a couple times. And the other evidence she said it in 1925 was when she first met with him. I think. And aside from that, the other evidence is the memoirs that he wrote that had stuff in them that really only Butch Cassidy would have known. And so the ch- it sounds like, by all accounts, he came back to the States under a different name and lived out his life. They think that he died somewhere in the fall of 1937 in Spokane, Washington. Of cancer. And one of, one of the articles, I don't remember which one it was, um, sa- said that she said, we, bur- we buried him. That's all that she said, though. Like, yeah, she's never no going to say where or, they buried him. Why, yeah. would, why would she have said that? And she's, of course, passed away by this point. 1980, so, she did. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, in 75, she was old. Way old. So, I mean, she was, again, she was probably, the, she was the youngest. So, she was probably She was born, born in the 1900s because he yeah, was born in 1889, guess. I think. Yeah, my guess is like in the early 1900s she was born. So, she was probably in her late 70s when she told out those stories or early 70s. So... He was born in 1866, I lied. Yeah, so she was in like her 80s, probably. So she was probably born in the 1800s, too. The late 1800s, early 1900s, somewhere in there. That's fucking cool. And this is all, (laughs) this is, this is Utah. This is here, yeah. This is, this is all based out of Utah. In fact, she still lived in Utah when he went to visit her, Mm -hmm. like still in, in, in Circleville. Um, So, yeah, just, it's pretty impressive that that stuff's there. Um. Oh, yeah. So the the other thing is, um, so we, we like to hike. We talk, Bree and I talk about that a lot. Well, you can go to several. So Montpelier, you can yeah, go so you to can the go bank. Up, go up to Montpelier, you can go see the bank. You can go see his house. You can see Robber's Roost uh, down in southern Utah. I thought you said they didn't find it. No, no. Authorities never found oh. <laughs> them there. So... Robert's Roost is a is a place, and there's a trail. In fact, it's in a this trail guide. Place. Yeah, so there's this. Um, yeah, what is this site? Grand Canyon Trust. Yes. Um, so Grand Canyon Trust. There's there's actually a blog post. We'll link it. We'll link it on our our website. Um, but this uh, Ellen Hine has put together a list of trails to kind of follow some of Butch Cassidy's exploits. Um, so there's the Coab Canyon and Cassidy Arch. And so he's, you know, he traveled all over the state and he hit out a lot. So there's a lot of trails that he used regularly to get away. So there's Red Canyon Cassidy Trail up, up by Penguich. Um, and then there's the Sundance Trail, um, which gets its name from the Sundance Kid, essentially, they think. Um and uh, then you can go out to Robert's Roost. I don't remember where it's at in here. In, in Hanksville. In Hanksville. Oh, it's not. There was only three that were listed on this yeah, list. So I remember seeing it somewhere. Hank, so it's in Hanksville. 
Yeah, the Co-op Canyon thing is all by <laughs> Capital look at Reef, these, right? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is just beautiful landscape, so... And um, hot. Like, think about how hot it would have been. In the summertime. Well, it wasn't as hot as it was now. Not, I know. Global warming. warming. And, you know, I'm just kidding. I mean, it probably wasn't, <laughs> to be honest. And dusty but, and gross. But, yeah, dusty and gross. This is a fucking desert, and they're riding out in these <laughs> things. Like, I remember riding in the desert in Ensenada and what I look like at the end of that. And that's what these guys were like 24-7 yeah. when they're out riding these Not trails. Not glamorous. <laughs> no. By no means, but uh, what a cool, what a cool thing! And this, this is just like the tip of the iceberg. I'm sure there's a lot more out there. Um, it was the, I, I don't know. This was, he's really cool. I've never seen the movie ever. I haven't either. I haven't either. I'm old. No, <laughs> I don't think it's about being old. <laughs> You're the oldest one here. I'm just not into those kind of movies. Thanks for yelling. Um, I didn't. It's pretty good. I mean, it's dated. It was obviously filmed in the late seventies, early eighties, but it's it's, it's kind it's of it's a western. Movie. And that's like those movies, like westerns. They're all filmed in Utah. We talked about this before. Like actually, up at Sundance, um, and I can post the picture on our blog. They have because the Utah Film Commission is up there. Um, they had a room that had all of every single movie um, on a map. And That's like cool. where, like where they were at. And then they had, um, actually I should have grabbed a couple. I should see if somebody else is going back up. Um, just like you open them up and it would tell like about the different areas of where things were filmed and like regionally. So like Southern Utah or like the West desert or yeah. it, you know, it was really, really John cool. John Ford, who was the director who directed most of John Wayne's movies, loved oh, filming love in Southern Utah. Utah. Most yeah. of, most, well, a good portion of the John Wayne movies were filmed in parts of Southern Utah. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's going to do it. Hopefully, if you guys let us know what you think about this segment, um, let us know if you liked us talking about uh, an infamous Utah, um, you know Butch Cassidy in this case. If you have suggestions for others you'd like us to talk about, there's clearly we'll be talking about Ted Bundy, but not yeah, yet. There's there's lots to talk about. There there are a lot. It's it's really amazing when you start researching how many of these people are from Utah and from the Utah Territory and like lived in and around Utah and committed have crimes. Times. Utah. Utah. It's really kind of fucked up to think about. My, da- my, da- my dad met one of them. I'll have to talk about it. I worked where the Unabomber worked at the U. But did so, you meet him? I didn't meet no. him. He was a little before my time. But so. Let us know what you think about the segment. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter at TNU Podcast. Uh, also on Instagram. Uh, you can go to our website, thenewutah.com. Um, you know, if you like what you're hearing, please share the episode. That's what helps us more than anything uh, is the shares. Um, if you don't like what you listen to, share it anyway. Share it anyways. Um, <laughs> share with all your friends and tell them how horrible it is. You got to listen to this. It's crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want? Let me waste two hours here, of your life. Here, smell this. It's, it's the same concept. Yeah, taste this. Does is this, this really, taste horrible? Is this really as shitty as I think? Can you listen to the whole thing and let me know? Those are two hours I'm never getting back. Um, <laughs> if but, you thought uh, that was bad, listen to this episode. If you have an event coming up um, and you want us to share it, let us know. We're happy to share it unless it's some racist shit and then I'm not going to share it. If it's a support Donald Trump rally, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, I have a right to my opinion, and that is that you're an idiot if you support Donald Trump. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. I got to go make a cake. What are, you, what are you making? A two-year-old birthday cake. Okay. It's, so you've been sitting on it for two years? It's going to be two years old. Yeah. 
What's the decoration? A two-year-old's. Yeah, what, what a decorations? A uh, It's a Mickey Mouse cake. So let me... I, <laughs> I'm going to ask this, and we'll end the show here, but... <laughs> I, I was ending the show. I, no, but now, <laughs> but now I'm curious. So when you make a cake for a two-year-old like that, so you know what's going to happen to that cake. It's going to get demolished. Like, is there an appreciation? Well, not, necessarily. not necessarily. She's not making I'm making cupcakes too. She's not making the. It's not a smash cake. Yeah. That's for like your first That's birthday. That's what smash cakes are. Uh, but so you, is a two-year-old going to appreciate that? No. The, it's for the mom. Absolutely not. When the yeah, two-year-old for is the 22, maybe. I, not I even don't, then. I don't probably. understand that. Like, I fucking appreciated the cake that Brie had made for me on my 30th birthday, but I was 30, <laughs> and I appreciated that thing. And I think that, like, like, kids, when they get to a certain age, like four or five years old, they start to recognize those things a little bit more, but at two, really, like, they're paying for this, like beautiful like well decorated like it's not cheap folks it's if you fucking ask Jess to make a cake for twenty dollars kick yourself in the balls because that's not <laughs> your you know what you're gonna get you're gonna get some um cupcakes, cupcakes that she didn't frost she'll just bring along a tub no and i'll she'll, just i'll just shit in a fucking muffin tin and give it to you like that's what you're getting for 20 bucks uh, with with some spit frosting, Chris will eat the cupcakes and then make shit cupcakes out. Yeah. <laughs> shit cakes. You're getting shit cakes for your. I'm writing that down. Spit shit frosting, huh? Shit cakes and spit frosting. Wow. That's cake how is definitely neither of those. By so, the way, yeah, Jess makes good cakes. <laughs> she does not make shit cakes with spit frosting. I hope I don't, anyways. Um. So yeah. Okay. Well, Jess, we'll let you go make your damn cake.